WTYL good, just Rumble. Rumble should switch on right now. Okay, eleven. to watch it. Yeah. Okay. I, I did the intros. We can get it out of the way. <laughs> it's out of the way. <laughs> just... All right. Well. I'll, up I'll upload the full recording afterwards on Rumble. So um, it should be. Tell me, tell me it's there working. There we go. Now. There we go. Now we're online. It's working. Now I see it. Yeah, yeah, it was the stream key. Rumble makes you put in a new stream key every stream and uh, I have to push so many buttons and shit because of the censorship. Teal, Peter Teal likes you working. He likes he likes to <laughs> you working for your money. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, I know. I know. Um look, Rumble's doing okay at the moment, but uh I don't trust mm -hmm. that dude. No, of course not. Of course not. He's, uh, I, I mean, especially not if you're a young man, you shouldn't trust him. Right, right. Yeah. Well, just uh, anyway, anyone that's uh, got young blood, just be uh, careful, right? It's uh, What's his company called? Mm -hmm. Ambrosia, right? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, that's awful. Oh, my God, he's such an awful... He's so obviously Count Dracula. I yeah. mean, everybody should be able to see it, but no one can see it at the moment. It's just know, Well, it he's, uh, he's given us peons a little bit of space to speak our minds, so... Uh, everyone's uh everyone thinks thank you that. master we shall put our information all in the one place and hope yeah. you don't delete it at once yes please mm -hmm. sir <laughs> i have some more mm -hmm. all right so i think we're up on rumble and yeah, charles yeah. you've got to get the mic right in your face dude um yeah it improves audio quality a lot right? all right well whatever yeah yeah so pull the pull the arm it's not like a um yeah. point it at you that's it point it point yeah it yeah, yeah i got it i got it so as i was saying um <sighs> johnny's work when i listened to it um of, of course i'd seen johnny around on the streets and that and uh, knew who he was but uh the uh the report on jeremy farrar the links to the higher echelons of the deep state of the uk um it's the heart of the globalist whatever you want to call them right um for me it's just target now and uh or enemy um but johnny you were um very 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 accomplished i would like you to be to try to do the same i know you were out partying last night etc so of course no worries if uh there's um a bit of coke I'm, I'm an old man as well you know what, what it's like nowadays you have a yeah. have a couple of pink gins and before you know it you're out there partying with uh with the big wigs i went and watched a comedy show yesterday it was a trufa conspiracy theory tnt radio uh live event uh, um in in newport uh hosted by uh james freeman dick dalimpo others oh, wow. and had a load of good comedy acts including uh katie hopkins made an appearance which was uh she actually she did quite a good comedy routine i i, I didn't care because i was just getting a, a drunk and, and meeting yeah, loads of people yeah, yeah I, and I were on the scene and and enjoying meeting a load of people who who actually you know normally you go out and people say what what do you do and i say i'm investigative journalist and they say oh what type of things do you write about and i tell them and they kind of like either like scoot out the door sideways or they're like like eyes go uh or they just don't believe me a lot of you know that that, that does come up a lot where i just have people say no well, I've, I've got i've and, got to uh, ask yeah. you something I've got to ask you something yeah, straight on. away well look mm -hmm. 
I know my background. I can take a good swipe at yours, right? Um, James Delimpole seems like a Oxbridge boggery boy to me, and I wouldn't trust him as far as I could pinch out a shite. So yeah, I think this is his brother. I think this is his brother. Dick. I'm not sure if he's even related, but I suppose oh, he okay. is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dick Delimpole, and even weirder, he was MC in the night. This is okay. Listen to this for for weird. He, um, I used to be in a thing called the Sealed Knot. Uh, which was a 17th century reenactment society. So mm. I was seriously into it. I mean, because my dad was a commanding officer of a regiment. Uh, in about 1984, he created Colonel Bur John Birch's regiment of foot uh, from a, 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 a 12 people who like to drink lots of cider and take mushrooms. And then and then he basically grew it into a, a, a very large regiment of about 250. And for people who don't want to order to see or not, is it's got like it's a, basically um, a charity organization organization that gets out the cannons gets out the gunpowder gets out the muskets dresses up in 70th century costume has round heads and cavaliers and uh, basically the parliamentarians go go on let's chop off king charles head and we find the battlefield of all of these famous battlegrounds all around britain so every weekend between like thursday and monday i was in a different campsite in uh, britain that was like a secure campsite dressed up in 70th century clothing and um he come across last night when i was at the comedy show dick delimpo come across i did i i, I I asked a couple of questions and I made a couple of statements on, over the mic and he came running across really he was really excited and he said oh god oh my god 20 years ago I joined Colonel John Birch's regiment of foot and it turned out he was actually in the regiment that was founded by my dad once upon a time so oh, he was very okay. excited about that that sort of stuff so so he, I, I mean I again I see I I know what you're saying especially with James Dallingpole I was like yeah, whatever. I don't trust yeah, but anything. He's, he's had this don't... road to Damascus moment, right? And then mm. I'm not sure I trust yeah, that. But... Road to, yeah, yeah. I don't like the big twists. I don't like people who twist too much. Like you know, I, there's there's one point where where you have to say that the operation changes, and then suddenly all these people who have been in the involved in the operation change the way they suddenly do things, and it's oh, it's just coincidental. We're changing our mind and changing all our decisions at the same time. The whole situation needs to have a different answer or a different solution we've already come up with something and we're enacting the next part of an operation because you know re uh, remember we're, we're in a time of and i keep saying this over and over a uh, fifth generation warfare this is psyops all around us so these guys don't only create the other side they're not only the jeremy like in in the pandemic case they don't only like come up oh look here's jeremy farrar and these guys anybody who's supposed to oppose them can get corrupted by intelligence services or or groups and organizations that they think are well-meaning and they get involved in and then turn out have loads of intelligence links and they create these what's happening at the moment is that everywhere there's intelligence linked organizations being created yes. to undermine anything and so once one narrative falls and disappears and you discover that oh it was a wuhan link leak like and all of this um once that that collapses they've already got control of the other side and you know it's it's happening all the way around the place this is just just constantly morphing you're never sure who's on what side and you've got to be really careful you've got to be really discerning uh, over who you trust and especially over a long term and i think i want to make a, a a really important statement here this is something that especially in the past few months 
um, we are all now existing in the independent media, yeah? So we're all in this place where we can see above us the mainstream media. And this is a perfect example of what I'm talking about, of a massive paradigm shift where everything changes and suddenly everything needs to be on the, 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 the weight needs to be on the other side. So you've got the whole mainstream media. We're looking at it. Minus 80% approval rating. They managed to, in like 2015, 2016, uh, those, those are stats from Adelman PR, the right-hand man of Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum, but also Richard Edelman himself and Edelman PR uh, basically uh, the, the, the uh, run about 60 to 70 percent of all the marketing for all of the biggest companies, all governments, all of these people all around the world. They're basically the BlackRock or Vanguard of marketing yeah, yeah. and PR. Um, and basically they, they, they said in about 2015, I think it was, it was like 16, it was like, oh, they, the, the mainstream media has a minus 80 percent approval rate. And it was the first time it had gone down that low ever in history. Never before had the media been held in such low regard. And they did a real big job over 2016 onwards to try and bring back that sort of like, you know, oh, look, you can trust the BBC. And they managed to get it to a minus 60% instead of a minus 80%, which is, of course, still negative, but it's not the end of the world. It can, so that was just before COVID. It's back, back now waning again. It's going again because eventually it goes backwards and forwards and eventually the approval rate goes to the point where things like the BBC and entities like that just aren't trusted anymore and uh, are living just on subsidies, um, are, are funded, like BBC News itself, are funded by US aid, by uh, every intelligence cut out. Then I get yeah, enough yes. for that fucking TV licence, those fucking green. Yeah, 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 that's the thing, right? You're paying for the BBC, you're not paying for BBC News. BBC News is USA, NORAD, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. You go and type in anybody, anybody out there right now, go into Google, type who funds BBC News. Press enter. The first site that comes up will be BBC themselves telling you exactly who it is. And look at it. See, I am completely and utterly accurate. These guys are funded. The news they're giving you isn't news. They're dying. Their system is dying. So what happens? We know what's happening. We exist within it. We exist within the moment and we are unable to work out what's going on here and there because there's loads of different operations happening, loads of different scams happening, loads of people in the independent media coming up going, oh, I want a bit of attention, so I'm going to do something crazy. But there's also suddenly all of these massive channels come out of nowhere. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Everybody's watching Kim Iverson or Redacted or something like that. They're getting 875,000 views, blah, 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 you know, on, on a video here or, or, or a million views on a video you're then you're yeah, like oh, right. oh okay well that's the mainstream media that's the well, neo mainstream it's, media it's not organic what what <laughs> I know. Oh. so so what we what we're seeing is the the uh, the the we all, they already know that the mainstream is going so they're already making a neo mainstream which is then going to be the source for all information and we just it's just basically degrading it, 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 it we'll we'll see through it in another 10 years or the majority i say we i'm talking about like the homogenous group of people the majority of people will end up seeing through it in about 10 years they'll start watching kim iverson and start saying oh well she's, she's got no expression whatsoever whatever she 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 like looks like that sometimes and that's her thing uh <laughs> that, that she has there's no content that uh, the look, same people who i wouldn't be i wouldn't be crawling media. over uh, to get to you sunshine so uh, yeah 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 oh well you'll <laughs> well, well you, you, listen 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 you 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 will have the same people going on these shows as go on the mainstream media so you go on and uh, what do you see kim iverson interviewing dershowitz what do you see uh on the mainstream media dershowitz getting on the mainstream media it's just taken they've uh, 
and I'm not saying I, I, Iverson and all these, maybe they're not. Maybe they want to release how they're funded. Maybe they want to show how they, because we're entering up to a point where we're going to have to have, like, in the independent media, we're going to have to be completely transparent about who's funding us and stuff so we can make sure that we're not talking to the same old clones of an old dying mainstream media that are taking over and get a massive amount of boosting at the start so they get loads of followers, they get loads of people watching, uh, uh, but it's all, of course, inorganic. Um, so we're entering into a stage where, and this is what I'm talking about, they change in operations. Something's dying, an old system is dying, and they replace it with their new system. So they're always in control. So the one who suddenly, the independent media, the voices are there are saying, oh, the mainstream media, they don't know well, they're, anything. They're just ripping But off, they're just becoming them. And they're just ripping off the work that people like Charles, yourself have done, and, you know, I'll tip in the bit that I've done as well. And, you know, what was... They're pushing, they're nudging. They, they, this is all about nudging. This is all about nudging people psychologically in different directions. And if you notice the same thing, right? Okay, if you're watching a channel and it's saying stuff like the titles are, you should see this. You must see this now. Whoa, look at this. This is terrifying. I love oh my God, can you believe that if you're watching if, if that, Kim, stop if, watching the bloody channel. Stop Kim, watching it now. If Kim gets her tits out. That that deserves the title then, but are you talking uh, Kim John Kim Un? Are you talking? Well, about Kim yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's, he's got a pair, right? But if if Kim Iverson gets the titties out, I'm I'm down to look at that. Well, look no at that comment. now. I, I'm not gonna. I listen. I I no comment on that. And I you know I I I've. I, I've not been a big fan of, of Kim Iverson. I don't think she's a big fan of me. We we had um at one point I mentioned something about the trans debate, um and um using like men and women having separate toilets, and she was questioning why I was doing it and trying to make out something else. Um, and I noticed that people really, when when they show a little bit of what they really think, no one responds to it. They don't get a million likes. They don't get a hundred thousand. This she got like two, two, two people uh, like retweeting and then a load of comments saying, "Are you sick? Are you because you're you're just saying something that's yeah? I thought you were different. That that sort of thing is. Oh, is, is she really for mixing bathrooms? Is she? Yeah, I think so. By the sounds of it, she was questioning me anyway in a way that was like, all right. I, I, but I mean, I remember that I had to talk about it because I, I, I mean, afterwards, I had to talk a bit about my life, uh, about about my own history, about my own experience of being groomed, uh, my own anxiety about um, having men uh, being able to come into my safe area. Um, that included my house. I was groomed between the age of nine and 11 by someone who befriended everybody and slipped in. And after uh, I went to court and managed. Yeah, yeah. After I went to court and I told my story, I, I discovered as well that he had uh, molested a three and a half year old during that time. And that like stayed with me. I felt guilty completely for the rest of my life. And after we went through court, uh, he got probation. He got a little bit of a fine. Um, and then he was allowed to come straight back in and mix in around exactly the same areas again. And uh, he was like, suddenly he was standing right next to me again. Like it was just insane. So I like the idea of safe spaces. I like the idea of not feeling that someone like that who is going to target children can use an excuse of some societal thing that adults are arguing about. Because this is mostly adults arguing about yeah, yeah, this child's yeah, safety while making child not safe. Yeah. yeah, well, it's all a, it's it's all an agenda. We know it's an agenda. We know it where it comes from. And part of it is still fifth generation warfare. It's about making us not understand what is real or not. Is like hyper realistic cake. Yep. Yep. Well, yep, he fits yep, in yep. really well here. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Johnny, we'll get on like uh, uh, a gypsy caravan oh. on fire. <laughs> Feed me. Much. Yeah, this is uh, these are the roads we travel down quite frequently. Um, uh, and oh, I actually, but, yeah. so I do want to throw out that the, I first became aware. I, I think it was about a year ago, a year and a half ago. Whenever you first did a a story about whenever it might even be the same story because um, I know it's been around for a while, but I first came across you because of your reporting on Farrar and of like his connections. And I, and I, I I've said, and I've shared with other people. In fact, that might be whenever we started following each other's because, because I was like, Holy shit, this is, this is an excellent breakdown. And I don't know. And it went really well with, um, what I had heard from somebody named Meryl Nass, I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she's uh, she's a doctor who's done a lot of research into, well, geez, all, well, all sorts of stuff. But she works for Children's Health Defense. Um, but but when I read what you had written about Farrar, it was it was really well done, and it it filled in a lot of gaps that I didn't know, and it really helped me see okay well then this whatever is going on it's it's at a higher level than just and right right now in congress the the democrats are trying to blame farrar for everything but that's a misnomer too like this is so much bigger than farrar or fauci um and both of them were heavily involved in those decisions. And so I, th- I, that's how I like, so I I've started kind of following what you've done. I went back and like went to your website and I saw you're reporting about Tim Westwood. Um, like when you were talking about how you got involved with all this stuff, it was really interesting. And, and it also, it made me feel good in the sense that I could tell that you were doing this kind of, in, I don't really, I don't consider myself a journalist, but you, you were doing, you were doing this investigations because um, like you understood how important it was. You were doing it for the right reasons, as opposed to like so many other people who were just grifting. Uh, and so, yeah, there's two I, things. I've been very, yeah. very impressed by that. There's two things there that that like connect is that there's lots of air and gaps between knowledge now. And I've been trying to find my place in the independent media for, I I mean, I I had my own battle. I I mean, it's linked up in a sense with this because my own battle was with pharmaceuticals, depression, all of that story I just told you there led me down a road where I felt really depressed and really sad. And so I took loads of drugs all of the time and I played rock and roll really loud and I screamed into microphones and wailed on guitars and did lots of terribly naughty things with uh, like-minded people who were all depressed and sad and all escaping their own realities by indulging 
indulging in pharmaceuticals. So at one point in my life, I was on codeine, all different types of code, sulpidel and things like that. I was like, it went up to morphine eventually, a Valium and stuff like that. I had my battle with pharmaceuticals. And in 2015, like I, I realized I, I even needed to end it or I needed to go on. And that's where the journalism started. And I tried to look for my place within this journalistic world. And it was really hard because everybody, you look at a subject and then you want to report on what everybody's talking about at that time. And you get kind of like stuck into trying to find a trend. And I got a, cup, a, a bit lucky with finding that, well, not lucky. I, I discovered that if someone is trending, but they're going to be there for a longer period and they're going to be influential, then you can write about them at that time and that will still be important in the future. Um, so that kind of started with Laura Koonsberg, where I saw she was a political, like the head of um, of BBC politics, and it didn't make much sense. So, so some of it didn't make much sense because all she did was just basically say bad things about Corbyn and say nice things about the Tories. That was that was what the whole the whole gig her whole gig was from the off. So I was like at this point in the system and in the dynamics, I was like, oh, 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 oh I'm Corbyn. Oh, I should go after her because of Corbyn. Oh, oh, oh. And and so I was kind of lucky there. But you know, entering down the rabbit hole, you start to leave behind the political world very quickly because you realize it's all a sham. And so I discovered she had been like her, her um, great grandfather had been Eckhart von Koonsberg, who had been uh, in, uh, in the same school down in um, where Klaus Schwab's from, uh, Uberschrobia, the Baden-Württemberg area of Germany, in one of the po uh, poshest uh, schools around there, um, where Prince Philip went uh, and the like. Um, he was um, Eckhart von Koonsberg, who basically helped create the NHS. Um, um, uh, right at the start of it. So he's like a really big, important person within history. And that birth of the NHS is a really weird political game as well. There's loads of politics. I'm really interested in going back to that period and looking how that got created. But what I discovered in doing that and then Theresa May's father, where I looked into Theresa, I was, again, general election. I was trying to work out where in the world I could put myself as a journalist because everybody's talking about Corbyn and Theresa May and they're all bitching each other off, but no one's got any substance to it. They're all like rubbish articles and everything's like, oh God, again, I'm just going to listen to someone talk for two hours and they're not going to tell me anything at all. So I, I went and I discovered that, that um, her father, Hubert Brazier, had worked in Eastbourne Hospital while John Bodkin Adams killed 130 plus people by forget having them sign them into his will and then giving them an injection to kill them. And he was the biggest uh, serial killer in history before um, Harold Chipman, like of that ilk. Yeah, um, as a doctor, and it was his birth at the NHS. And of course, again, that, that group of people at the birth of the NHS, they wanted to protect the NHS and their creation, and they were scared that it would look bad if there was a serial killing doctor who had just killed 130 people, including a very famous young actress who was very liked at the time. Um, and uh, instead, they covered it up and they, they gave him a slap on the wrist for a few other things and let him go back to being a doctor in about 10, 15 years' time and etc. But everybody knows, if you look at John Bodkin Adams, everybody knows he kills 130 plus they all know. Everybody knew. Don't be silly. And, and I start to realize well, okay it's that, like that, old uh uncle savile right and uh yeah 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 <laughs> all of it is but then then when you go and investigate it there's loads of talking over here loads of talking over here loads of talking over here but there's not many people who are asking the simple question that makes journalism so but what does that mean 
If you go to the end of the bottom and you get to a conclusion, then you're not a journalist. You have to say, I got to the conclusion, but what does that mean? And then you keep going down the rabbit hole and down the rabbit hole and you never stop. And that's where I, I discovered that my journalism is about finding that air, finding, you know, knowing you about Klaus Schwab's parents, finding who Klaus Schwab's parents were, finding he worked in the atomic bomb program, finding out the Kissinger himself trained Klaus Schwab, gave him mentors, uh, uh, Herman Kahn and John Kenneth Galbraith. I mean, the bloody guy, guys who are behind atomic theory and stuff during the height of the Cold War, create the World Economic Forum as a a method to eventually train young leaders that they can install into power after doing a coup after coup. And it's all a CIA funded program. So I find all of this inside is all these people talking about these. I suppose but you missed, uh, uh, you missed an important name in that list. Uh, Kissinger. Go on. Henry Kissinger. Kissinger. No, I did. Uh, no, Kissinger's international seminars where, where Klaus Schwab um, went to. So that's where that, I, I mean, I, 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 it took me a year to discover that it was Kissinger's international seminar. I had, I had, I was looking for the second uh, like piece of that, like uh, of I had written the Schwab's family values. And when I was um, trying to put together what happened afterwards and where to be again, I was in air. So this is a good example. I had written Schwab's family values, uh, Schwab family values. I had shown that he, his dad worked on the atomic bomb program for the Nazis that afterwards he went into a, a bit of hiding and Schwab eventually goes and works for exactly the same company. And then he helps uh, the supply South Africa regime with illegal uh, nuclear weapons technology in the late 60s, just like his father had done again to a, a, a racist regime, Klaus Schwab himself. And I was like, oh, you know, that's okay. And then he created the World Economic Forum. And then I'm thinking, what do I do next? So I'm looking, World Economic Forum, oh, what do we do in 1971? What do we do in 1973? You know, I, I take down all of this information. Nothing means anything. For a year, I'm writing other articles. My life's rocky. Um, I, I'm, I, I'm thinking, constantly about it, constantly about it, constantly. And then one day, you know, it just comes to me, I'm skipping over a big bit. I'm saying, oh, and then he went and he worked for his father's company and then the story continues. But I had missed, and then he went to college and then he went to university. And I went back in time and I started really focusing in on that. I had noticed that he had a lot of degrees thrown at him, uh, but then I found like, after watching Klaus Schwab for a long time and listening to everything he said, I found when he lied. So he, he like, uh, equivocates afterwards. He says something he's not supposed to say. And then he goes, and then, you know, Klaus Schwab, that thing he said at the beginning, he, he wasn't supposed to say, and he said by accident. And there was about three statements he made. Um, and one of them was, um, I went to uh, Harvard where I was allowed very kindly to sit into the summer school um, with uh, with uh, and uh, Kissinger and uh, and I wasn't I were you know they allowed me for free and all of this and made it sound like he was allowed to sit in just a little no no when you go back and invest it was Kissinger's international seminar they only chose the best you got you everything got paid for you because you were being chosen to be one of the potential um, uh, definite Western already you've already been confirmed if you're going to Kissinger's international seminar, you're already confirmed Western leaning. Um, and so you're against the Soviets and you're one of the best atop the elite, the most well-educated from the best family, have done things in the past, have connections. You have been chosen for 
not even Kissinger's international seminar because Kissinger would had uh, the mentor above him for that as well, who is um, William Yandel Elliott. And William Yandel Elliott, grandee advisor to six presidents, one of the most amazing men throughout history. And Kissinger himself said in 1951, it should be actually called Yandel's international seminar, Yandel Elliott's international seminar. And I think Yandel Elliott's probably related to... Um, I want to uh, know, Pierre, how, uh, the fuck, uh, how the fuck are we in 2023? And Kissinger's still kicking about. Summing in yeah. right there. I'm just yeah, uh... yeah. Robo Kissinger's going <laughs> Robo. Yeah, but, but they. I mean, they all cling it's on, don't they? They all. Oh. Yeah, yes. you feel you feel like that. You feel like that, don't you? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I I. You're going to have. I, I mean, you say you're going to have the best care, but you know that that that's a, a strict regime of colonic irrigation, of <laughs> being watched. Every single poor being watched over and over, and he probably doesn't do much in the way of moving around. He's he's not long for this earth. He's not long for this earth. Well, he can put. But yeah, in. anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, I I find the places in between. So when you were saying there, you know, um, it's refreshing because you've got these little details with the Welcome Trust. When I started looking at that stuff, I was like, where am I going to start off uh, with? And and I wasn't looking at the Welcome Trust, or you know, um. I had written, uh, I think I, I'd helped research, and I had written two paragraphs in um, uh, The Welcome Leap, The Humanities Walk Towards Destruction on Unlimited Hangout. Um, and I'd already like been tasked to look at Jeremy Farrar um, uh, when I was doing that article. So I went off and had a look and was just like, okay, this guy is, this is sick. There's something here. And I say sick, I mean like, whoa, dude, this is extreme. Like, this is off the scale. This is crazy stuff. It's so exciting. Uh, there's some weird stuff here. And and it was like discovering the, the one of the things was the um, bird flu stuff uh, where he, him and his guy go back and just decide, oh, hey, we found bird flu in here. Because even though the World Health Organization scientists didn't and other scientists didn't, uh, we went back and 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 my mate heard a story about how the girl dug up a duck and buried it again they tested it and she was she had the flu so 200 million people are going to die over to neil ferguson who will write the projections on modeling made by uh, um roy anderson and designed by roy anderson so that you can be projected supreme doom everybody's gonna die let uh, you know that was a process towards them trying to spark pandemic after pandemic and that became clear when I was researching him, but uh, listen, there's a there's a whole there's a whole loads of stuff that didn't go in the article that I'm still going through now, um, uh, including going back even further because I think um, Jeremy Farrar's uh, timeline, his family history, is bullshit. It is bull. There is bull attached to that. It, it gets to a certain point, and there is super bullshit. Uh, it's nineteen seventeen is super bullshit time. Uh, not a surprise. It's during the war. You know, that's a perfect time for super bullshit time. But um, if we want to go back to who Jeremy Farrar is, really, we got to go and uh, go back a little bit further, in my opinion. And I, I'll talk a tiny little bit on this. Um, this is only something that I've only... I've never talked... I've never been allowed to talk about this. I was stopped oh, from talking about this. You talk about what this. you want here, dude. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was stopped from talking about this once. I, I think I may have talked about it somewhere on a really small platform. But at one point, I was stopped. I was I was yeah, told, no, small you platform. Don't, don't talk about one. any of this. So <laughs> anyway, so 
I, I tried to work out who Jeremy Farrar, when I went back in time, I was like, okay, who the fuck is this guy and why is he also super powerful? So his father is Eric Farrar and his mother is Amy Annie Farrar. Um, and uh, Eric Farrar is born in 1917. I don't think Annie Farrar is, uh, I think she's a tiny little bit younger than him maybe. I don't know. I, I don't think there's much in the way of age difference. They might be the same age. Um but they're two real people. They're definite real people. Um, interesting people. And I'll, I'll, I, I can talk about them. Um, especially, uh, you need to understand Jeremy Farrar when he was growing up, was growing up in multiple countries all around the world. Um, as his dad looked like he was either somewhere between a diplomat or a spy. I'm not sure which one. Because uh, basically, he was working as a teacher in all of these different various cases places from uh cyprus to far uh, far east is there's, uh, there's a fair few places um so he was obviously like uh i obviously thought well you must have come from a good family yeah um well uh, uh, good is probably not the right adjective there <laughs> yeah i mean it loosely very very lo when i mean it i mean it like as in count dracula eating just sucking the blood of, of a virgin is good i suppose so yeah you're right um right so anyway yeah yeah eric farrar had been born in 1917 he was a really interesting character and he had gone into the war and in um I can't remember when it was in it was 1940 in dunkirk that he got um captured uh and he got sent to one of the stalag 9 and stalag 383 or something like this you know did two different internment camps that prisoners of war got held in during the war um and he spent his whole time uh in uh, uh, the whole war within this prisoner of war camp better than concentration camps of course but still prisoner of war camps um and when they when he finally got released i can't remember if the last place he was in it was in leipzig or leipzig or whether it was for i get a feeling it was further east but basically they had to go on a bit of a death march and what what happened was they released them they didn't want they knew the western forces were advancing and the germans didn't want they wanted to have a space in between. So they basically, they were marching all these people out of the camps towards the West so that when the Western forces came closer, they'd start, they'd meet these guys first and they would have warning because they'd be able to see it all happen and they'd be able to get out of there. So, so it was an, it, 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 that, or, or it would give them time to be able to, to leave and they'd have to be sorting out this long line. I remember you think the one road that links one area and you've got uh, hundreds of thousands of people walking down there you're not going to travel an army down that road anytime soon you know so you just stop the advance of the western forces and so it was used like that when he got back to britain uh, they took him straight to the ministry of defense and actually when he landed back in britain he landed up in scotland and a woman Amy Annie uh, Melchard, maybe her last name me mentioned. Melchard. I can't remember. I mean, that's that's uh, uh, it's almost a parody uh, of uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Blackadder, um, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe that's what I got in my head. Either, but um, <laughs> I. I I can't remember. I, I'm not going to go searching for it now. But anyway, it's in it's in the article. She she um uh she I was the one who actually drove uh Eric Farrar down to London to meet with the Ministry to the uh, the Ministry of Defence to be debriefed 
And from that point on, from that debriefing onwards, um, it seemed like Eric Farrar was in the good books. Um, and then he had this very interesting life where he's suddenly going around, building his family all around the, the, the flying around the world to these different places and teach, teaching in these different places. Um, so I was like, okay, that's really interesting. Like they have six children, Amy, Annie, um, and Eric both have, um, uh, uh, together have a really nice big family. They're about six children, and Jeremy Farrar's the last of those children. I think he's actually born somewhere like Singapore or somewhere when he's uh when he's actually born is sometime in the late 60s if i remember and um and and so it's a it's a really uh, like a, a like most of these families big families but i felt like there was something missing that's very good the war story can keep you distracted i want to know though why he gets all of these opportunities because loads of people were in those camps loads of people got debriefed at ministry of defense not everybody got awarded with stuff and and given uh, a, like option opportunities after that's not something that did necessarily happen to everyone so i went back and i looked at who eric farrar was and i tried to find out who his father and mother were and i found them and it didn't make a, a jot of sense <laughs> because it's 1917 and uh he gets born and um he's born and his m mother and father are supposedly 56 years old so 52 or 56 now i don't know any if anybody knows about biology or not but it's very unlikely that these two are having a baby uh, in when they're in their 50s i mean that well, just just yeah, i know i know from, I, from, from but, but the gap the gap in between this is on top the gap in between their last child is something like 17 18 years it's like they've had three children and then there's this massive gap all of a sudden and they have this child eric farai in 1917 and it just does not make and there's other things around it that made me go okay i gotta look around at this and i kind of ended up with um the the thought that either the the grandfather of eric farrar or the real father and it's more likely the real father eric farrar is a farrar and his name's reginald astrufa farrar and reginald astrufa farrar was the head of the board of health for london worked in the far east on plagues uh, including the bubonic plague back in the late 1800s, um, and then went to the famous uh, Man uh, Manchurian Symposium, the first uh, international health symposium put on by the Chinese in 1911, where the famous uh, Chinese um, uh, doctor, Dr. Wu, who was the one who actually invented the N90, um, whatever it's called, masks, those the masks everybody use, um, that, that, that was invented by Dr. Wu during this period. In Manchuria, a former plague had uh, broken out that killed like basically everybody. There was reports of free survivors and all of them had really uh, debilitating injuries or, or, or however you call it afterwards. Um, so it, they were in bad ways. And Reginald, did, uh, all around the world, um, the different uh, institutes sent their best and finest to this symposium to examine 
examine what had happened. 60,000 people had died in total during the Manchurian outbreak, and it had been terrible. I mean, everybody who had it got locked in the house and died. You just did not survive. So so it, it scared loads of people. But it was the introduction. It was the first time where certain things had been introduced. Dr. Wu was a genius. He was a complete, and he saw it was so far ahead of his time, and he saw things. It was a really weird time in Chinese history because the last emperor of China, the Japanese uh, fraud, is about to be installed in 1911, a few months after this all happens. But when this is all happening and the symposium happening, everybody sees that this is a really fantastic way to have a look at how viruses spread, how they work, or uh, you know how illnesses spread and how people react to them and how you do things like lockdowns. So Jeremy Farrar come back after this conference. Now, they chose their best in um, uh, America. Wait, guy Jeremy Doctors. or Eric? I thought... Oh, sorry. Eric, uh, no, no, no. Reginald. 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 Even further. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I said, uh, yeah, yeah, Freudian. So, pub so his grandfather had a history with public health research and I think it's his I think it's his grandfather on on a massive level not even I haven't even got to how massive a level is so listen to this he comes back in 1911 and he says after this um uh, symposium where uh, Dr Strong had been sent by the Rockefeller Institute for the Americans uh Zabalotny who was the Russian had been sent he was one of the biggest people in history when it comes down he was a guy who uh, I I can't be I remember if it was a vaccine for tuberculosis or something where he took it himself and then gave himself tuberculosis to prove that he'd done it in front of everybody. But these guys were all doing that at the time. This was a time when they were just going crazy. They were just the, the report that comes back. So, uh, Kitasato Shibasaburo, he was another one. He was a Japanese representative and he would be the guy who would lock a load of Chinese people into a city and give them plague and watch how they reacted. These guys were the people who are the beginning of watching the systems. And Reginald Astrufa Farrar come back and wrote um, a paper about the Manchurian outbreak and the implementation of things like lockdowns and other processes to stop the spread of viruses that the state could enact. Now, he had already studied through the bubonic plague and it was and how plagues uh, spread, but it was a different type of plague. This was, uh, you know, bubonic plague is spread differently than what this type of plague was. This was from marmots and with coughing and sneezing, you know. Um, so, so um, basically he said it one of the things they say they don't only they don't only like for instance they they choose 300 prisoners at one point and they say you're all sentenced to death uh you can be let out the door now if you let us experiment on you and a load of them and test out their their prophylactics and vaccines so the whole thing like reports on the first testing of prophylactics and vaccines like Hafkin's prophylactic and stuff to stop the, these illnesses and the birth of this technology I tell you there's so much re resembling to now and then there's nothing much has changed in 150 bloody years you know there's not much changed and it's really a shocking what they were doing but basically they were trying to uh, create um, viruses in laboratory conditions. I say laboratory conditions. Some of it was really rough stuff. Well, um, I was going to say, look at California today. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then, then they were infecting people and then they were trying out their own 
prophylactic. So they were doing this all the way back then. But not only that, they were like in one town in Fuchichian, um, they had split off the town into four different colors. And you had to wear an armband of a certain color on your arm and you weren't allowed to cross between without having a, like some sort of passport. And so all of these was the implementation of the structures that came. And this is what Reginald Farrar was studying. He was studying the exact thing, all of it, all of the things that Jeremy Farrar later on is studying and doing. Reginald Astrufa Farrar was studying and doing in the Far East in basically the same environments, doing exactly the same things 150 years before. And I, I think that he's probably he's probably the father, uh, the the grandfather of I've and then then that opens up a whole can of worms as well because he comes from a bit of a, a, a you could tell by his name a bit of a highbrow family and he's they've got a history in himself including um him and his brother and a guy who gets drowned and they 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 they, they give it a real strange story about it but anyway um so there well, was a, bit, obviously... a bit like uh Obama's cook yeah, well, that's what it seems like, and that's like eighteen seventies that 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 stuff happens. So, so you go back in time, and what you find is that there's links to the exact thing. I mean, the chances that that's living exactly the same type of existence, almost one hundred fifty years before, sharing exactly the same name, and the the discrepancies between when Eric Farrar was born do make me think there's something within that, and his life. Reginald Farrar's life gets very interesting. He's working for lots of the foundations, Norton Foundation. He's in the um, what's it called? Uh, the precursor to the United Nations, the um, League, uh, League of, of Nations. Nations. League of Nations. Um, but yeah, it, and and he's like, it's really dodgy stuff he's doing. And basically, what they're doing is going round and they're giving people viruses in places, and then they they're coming in and saying, "Oh, let's test out our vaccines." So the exact same thing. We've seen now it's been going on for donkey's years. Yeah, you could go back to the 1890s in one news hound. I went back to an article called The Anti-Vaccinators. I think it's 1896 or it's 1906. I can't think it's 1896. And it's like, look at these anti-vaccinators. Yeah, I've seen, the, I've seen the little... Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's so beautiful how they've done it. It's like this, oh, they don't know anything. Talking about this idolatry of cow parks. You know, they, it's exactly the same way they treat us now. It's exactly the same way they treated people who disagreed with their opinion. It's okay. all about the agenda. So I want to throw this out there because I don't know because most people haven't realized this uh, and I've been trying to tell people for two years, but what I discovered is that, so that when the proximal origin came out on March 17th with the final version of it, um, it was immediately like the most read article of all time. And when I went back and looked at the alt metric score, so like the, 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 the social, like the, the impact, impact. that it had, um, there was something that was that was above it. It was the second highest ever out of mm. at the time twenty three million. Now twenty four and a half million articles that have been rated <laughs> scientific articles. And so I spent several months trying to figure out, okay, what is the number one article? Because it should have. Oh been. God, that's this. Please tell me. Please tell me. Oh, you know the oh, answer oh. to this. Then. Well, I found it. I, I found the answer, and you'll never guess. 
uh, it was the Imperial College of London, Neil Ferguson projections. <laughs> and guess and guess oh and get this. What? This is the best part. This is the best part. Guess what day that was released to the public? March 17th, 2020. So the same day as Proximal Origin. Oh. Jeremy Farrar's the top two most impactful journal articles in the history of science, the Proximal wow. Origin and the Imperial College Study, are both from the same day. That's <laughs> extraordinary, isn't it? And and this is a thing if you if you put together because what 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 I did was like get all the information about these. I had to see through the noise. So when I'm talking about air, where you see you you know all of well, I. I if you listen to so a load of people speaking, it's all bunch a bunch of noise. And you don't know what to listen to, and you, how how am I going to come down to these five people? How am I going to find these five people? And you just follow one thread back, and this is where that I mean. I, and it, right, I got to explain the next part of Farrar's life. Really, this this leads on to the next part of Farrar's life. If if that if that's what you people want, if that's what bring you want on, to know, sir. bring it on. We can. Uh, I'm I'm ready. Sunlight I'll is have a the bit best. More. Yeah, yeah. We're believers in uh, in. We're not believers in coincidences anymore. We've seen mm -hmm. too much. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way too, way too much. There's way too much. So, uh, Jeremy Farrar is a clever young lad. Um, he's a bit of a troubled boy six uh, like uh, the youngest of six he's gone around the world um got some problems adjusting to his his free independent school that he went to um and eventually he goes to i, I can't remember if it's ucl or, or or wherever but he goes to oxford afterwards uh to do his doctorate and that's really where the important stuff is you know that's where you start to see him come into his own and when he's writing his dissertation if that finishes in about 1994 but there's loads of stuff going on in 1994 in oxford um oxford have got like a welcome uh trust ox uh, a welcome trust and oxford crossover happening yeah, in 1994 yeah. um and edward c holmes is the one who's heading that up and um it did the person who's ahead of uh the welcome um welcome plc around that time to seem to be welcome trust is a merger happening at the same time during these years this is why all these new operations they've got a new way of focusing um but the man, i remember i remember um the the sort of flyers coming out it was like oh welcome trust you can uh you can apply there for uh, grant funding, and uh, mm -hmm. there was all a buzz all around there. <laughs> of course, of course, of course, they were because because uh, these guys brought in big money, especially Welcome Trust. Because okay, oh man, it's so hard to describe. We'll find out because so much is happening during this period. So Roy Anderson, who's basically Neil, who's who is Neil Ferguson's mentor, and is a guy who designs all of the type of modeling that we see nowadays. All of it comes down to his route. He was the man who said, this is how you do it. Um, trust me. And he, was then the he, one, he was the one for the prions, right? For the prion outbreak? I guess he was, he's, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised. He's the uh, same. Yeah. If you uh, yeah, also, um, yeah, yeah. He also uh, did the response for um, uh, bovine sponge forming in Kabalopathy. Uh, that, that was Edinburgh University. That was Edinburgh University where I was. At. 
I don't uh, know yeah, but he did the official. He did the official when they needed Correct, people to yeah. speak to the government. He was the one who was in the official investigation or review inquiry or inquest. Right. It wasn't inquest inquiry. Um, he was the one who was put forward to front it up. He was your man to get the government's uh, line up on the table. He was the guy who heads up alongside Neil Ferguson the foot and mouth outbreak as well. Eventually, yeah, anyway, yeah, that was another to, little sketchy, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real, real it super is. sketchy. I mean, that is just, he's such a naughty boy. But he, he, he like, at this time, okay, how do you, where do you start? Okay, 1994. In the mid 90s, there is a change happening. Uh, lots of things have just happened. Say, welcome. Uh, um, Acid House and Braveheart. Oh, yeah. I, I, you're just making me think of, yeah, 1994, me hanging around in Telford, I think it was, at a rave at 14 years old. Yeah, that's about, <laughs> that seems about eating right. Those, eating those sketchy bits of paper and... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no yeah. doubt. No, no doubt. Would know anything about that? But <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, those fucking Oxbridge buggers, they were all there. They were looking to predate, yeah. right? They were looking to predate, and I, I saw it. I saw it. No one. Hmm? Know him, know him by face and name. Yeah, you can't you can help but to know him. They, 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 they only come out at night and they go, and all of that. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. so, it's a really important time. You have to understand the Welcome PLC, uh, which is, of course, inextricably linked to Burroughs Welcome, its uh, sister corporation across the way, have just uh, been pushing out AZ, uh, AZT or whatever it's called, the medication that was for HIV that killed loads of people and was just a gene-killing drug. That's all it was. And so, so they had billions of dollars. <clears throat> yeah, made them loads and loads and killed at the expense of uh, the gay community. Maybe. Well, I'll just say right. this. I'll just say this. Allah works in mysterious ways and... Uh... <laughs> Wow! Yeah, I get. I bet he does. I. It might be that. Maybe this is all Allah. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Gotta be careful what I say. I don't know how big your your Muslim fan base is, but I uh, I, let's let's just say I have a hardcore uh, in the hardcore of places. Yeah, 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 yeah. Me too. Actually, uh, <laughs> I, I won't. I won't go into that. But but I I because uh, I know how to say things like salawalikum and things like that. I actually get Look, to man, have a conversation. I, I, I just I just people. know because I had to grow up. Next to him, right? Yeah, yeah, same here. No, I know, I know. This is what I mean. I mean, Britain, uh, if I go out uh, and walk around my area, it's uh, Indian, Muslim, African people, uh, loads of different people from all around Europe, and you know, and all around in the 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 city, uh, is Welsh people. I'll I'll, I'll top (laughs) Trump you, bro. Like the first post 9 11 head chopper was my next door neighbor. Oh, oh no! Uh, my <laughs> next door neighbours is a trans rights activist. So let's ah! into that. <laughs> we won't talk about it. He's actually a very lovely guy, though. I like him. What can you say? Anyway, so nineteen ninety four. This is terrible time for for Welcome. Welcome needs to reform itself, but a lot of them are reforming. And there's a man called Richard Sykes, who's a very important guy in history, extremely important. We'll get onto later, and he's uh, put in um, charge of reforming and merging free companies during the mid-90s. And it takes I, a while I, to reform these companies. I'm sorry to interject, but like, I want to yep. say Boots PLC got really involved in Welcome as well. 
that's mm, what, that's that what be, I remember. That back might then. that might be that might be so. Um, if I, I I will put in like a side note that's kind of not related, that the head of Boots back in the late nineties sold Foxcoat House to Les Wexner, um, oh, Epstein's okay. main funder. Mm. Just just I'll, I'll put that just on the side because mm. why, why not throw it in? Just look, they're all they're all linked, man. Like as soon as you start yeah, yeah, bubbling yeah, yeah, yeah. up to. Um, SARS mm. and uh, you get to Metabiota and uh, yeah yeah uh, they've been doing this for a while but anyway there was this merger going on there was this merger going on and it was between um, Glaxo um, uh, Beecham, Smith Klein yeah, and boots. Welcome PLC yeah okay Okay, in that case, then, yeah, yeah, you're completely correct. Be- Beecham uh, Smith Klein was uh, uh, became uh, Glaxo Smith Klein. Maybe, maybe Beecham. I might I might be wrong, and I might be confused. No, I, I, yeah, I, I'm 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 not sure. I I I I think I would have probably noticed that or come across that, but I I'm 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 aware that I am wrong, and I'm happy to be wrong. So yeah, if I, I'm, I might be wrong, they're... but I I just have them. Um... It left, though, it left a reformation. What was the most important thing is GlaxoSmithKline become this big pharmaceutical entity that kind of interacts with the rest of pharmaceuticals in a certain way, has a very certain remit. And um, uh, the Wellcome Trust become this completely different entity. It had gone from being a private entity to suddenly being a charitable trust, which has no accountability. And so it's really easy to say, oh, well, the stuff in the past, that's not us. Oh, my God. No, no, no. And Beecham's, <laughs> Beecham's, of course, goes off to the side. So this whole new entity meant that they could run different programs. And um, basically, um as Richard Sykes, who had designed this, was also designing the future of how um, medical information will be shared on the internet between doctors and all of these medical papers. So at the same time, in the late 90s, they're designing how people will get to see medical papers, who will get to see them, how they're rated and registered. And that was also the operation by the same person. Um, So at that time, there was loads of opportunities in the mid-90s and Edward Holmes, I would assume, um, pro- uh, would have been the one to approach um, Jeremy Farrar when he was finishing Oxford in 1994 for this program. Now, this program had something like um, 30 or 35 um, grants that were available, and it was each year they were giving out new grants. And then they created loads of other programs like this that also gave out grants. These were lifetime grants. This is like if you if you okay you're you you what I, if I was eighteen and someone gave me a lifetime grant yeah, yeah. like what is that that's someone buying you out of university straight out of university are you I know what you're going to do for the rest of your life what is it well it's whatever we want you to do isn't it because people will come into them and it, when people show the, the, like the examples of what they want to do only the ones that agree with what they or, or can be molded to agree with what their agenda is will be accepted then it looks organic but in actual fact it's still a process of going through people and only giving funding to the people who are agreeing with the programs you're mm. doing and again this is all this is this was all being run out of oxford so jeremy farrar says on his ted talk he's like oh and then in 1994 suddenly out of the blue i had this wonderful opportunity to go and do study over in the uh, I- I- far east and um he tells uh, about this and i think I think it's Ho Chi Minh ends up in. Um, if yeah, I Vietnam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we, um, 
he uh, he takes the op this wonderful opportunity that just come up by chance, but it's obviously this uh, um, welcome funded. Uh, uh, opportunity and obviously it's to start on the road he's on been on is he stays saw him as a a potential future leader he had all the right boxes ticked he did he had probably the right family members and the right credentials maybe i think his father was probably intelligence um that's where my i mean that's the thing i i i i can show you his life um as best i can but at the end of the day you've got to make the decision yourself over to whether Eric Ferrara is intelligent. I just say this, Johnny. Yeah. Those, those Oxbridge types. Uh, when, uh... Well, in, intelligence is like how you get chosen. You like, you, it's like it's not it's, it's the marker so so you go to uh, Oxford or Cambridge or any e even a couple others I mean if you go to Birmingham or something you're not you're less likely to be chosen as one of this set that's for sure but it doesn't mean that well, they don't get chosen red bricks right what's so that Cambridge the and Oxford and then we had red brick universities Lauren, oh, right. Edinburgh um, oh, what's the one north of Edinburgh? The little fishing village. Um, Andrews, St. Andrews. Oh, uh, yeah, St. Andrews, uh, Royal, College. Royal College. Well, just so you all know, um, it was Smith Klein Beecham. Yeah, yeah, Is Smith Klein Beecham. Is it not? But when, yeah. when, I, I want to say there was some interrelationship between Boots. PLC. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Beecham's owned a little bit of Boots at one time and then Boots. Uh, I, I still do think Boots PLC is its own. It's like, uh, I remember being in Nottingham, right? And Boots is Nottingham based. Boots, and, uh, like B O O T S? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Boots, the chemist. Yeah. Yeah, they, they're see. like Britain's chemist. <laughs> well, you don't. Yeah, you don't really want to trust them anymore, do you? Nah. <laughs> I, I, but, I say that. You know, all of the ladies they choose to work in boots are some of the loveliest ladies around. Well, and so I'm sorry nice, to all uh, you who I want to make unemployed. <laughs> they have a nice perfume section always. But uh, are you talking about the women or boots? Uh, <laughs> and what does that mean? <laughs> the boots has a perfume section, right? It's uh, oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah, can yeah, smell yeah, it yeah, hundred right. meters away. Um, yeah, 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 you can. But the I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Yeah, this is British. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. British now. Yeah. Suit you, sir. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so, so I didn't answer, actually answer the question. But the one thing I will say is that uh, whatever this is, I think it's, I think it's also tied into like Rhodes Scholars. Yes, because yes. Michael Warobi was a Rhodes Scholar, so was Eddie Holmes, if I remember correctly. And so they, yeah, yeah, yeah. so they bring all these people in to Oxford. They teach them. And then from there, they pick and uh, choose. You missed, you missed an important step there, Rogan Rikasu. Which one? They bring them into Oxford. There's oh, usually, they, okay, well, there's usually, they bring them into all the institutions. There's usually uh, some buggery. Probably some, <laughs> some some sort of sexual assault the ghost, that goes the, on. The ghost of Ted Heath, uh, wait, in the past, just Ted Heath, I'm sure, would have gone in and be like, <laughs> all right, I'm matching you up today. Yes. And that's it. I did a Welsh voice for Ted Heath there. So, so. yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that that's, a, that that's a key part of this. And and that's – so I see the WEF Young Leaders Program or whatever as like the 
as like a the the latest version of the Rhodes Scholar situation. And it's not surprising that it was that same cabal of people, Farrar, Holmes, Warobi, Rambo, etc., mm-hmm. who were all part of the response trying to cover up the HIV origins as well. So you yeah. have HIV, you, you have hoof and mouth or foot and mouth. You have um, the other one. BSC, uh, BSC, swine flu, bird flu. Yeah, right. Swine flu. So, yes. All of these things. And, and I've, I've gone through and I've shown that, okay, and Ebola, by the way, the Ebola outbreak in 2014. Oh yeah. How yeah. can we forget bleeding out yeah. your eyes? <laughs> well, no, well, and the, yeah, yeah. The fact is that Robert Gary, Robert Gary was kicked out of um, Sierra Leone, out of Canima, Sierra Leone, magically, right as that outbreak was beginning, uh, the government authorities kicked him out. And that's intriguing. That's yeah, intriguing. Because yeah. he, he ran a lab with Metabiota in Sierra Leone, and basically, what it appears like is that they like it came out of that lab and that they were they were they were doing a lot of the sampling of the first um uh like sequences that were being gathered from patients in guinea next door but they were also perfectly placed to obscure the fact that they were also had been working with ebola zaire the strain that had never been seen within 2000 miles of that part of West Africa is called Ebola Zaire for a reason. Cause it's not in Ebola, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Ebola Sierra Leone. <laughs> and, uh, and so magically, and it was Sam Husseini and uh, Jonathan Latham who really like did an excellent job with this. Um, but if you go back and read news stories from Africa from 2014, the Africans were, were blaming this lab in Sierra Leone and the viral hemorrhagic fever consortium that ran the lab was was a the president of that was robert gary one of the main like partners was christian anderson from scripts no this is a bad i missed this bit this is and metabiotic and so what they did was is they got kicked out of the country and then anderson and gary partnered with a whole bunch of other scientists and wrote this uh, origin uh, paper where they blamed metabiota. Um, uh, that's nice. but yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Get, get, right. Gary and, and uh, Christian Anderson, uh, they, they're a, a strange pair that I couldn't get a, 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 a proper grasp of when I was doing the article. And I knew that I'd already gone too far with 15,000 words and I needed to stop because <laughs> that's what happens when you write an article, you start to think, well, obviously I, this can be much more that's, of a book. The thing but is, Christian this... Anderson is, um, he's Euro. I don't want to say bloodline, but he's it... not part of that british he's something else he's something else he's uh, something else he's yeah, he something was, else he was danish i think he's danish originally yeah he was also danish. connected very early on like i don't know if he went to oxford or what but he became kind of well connected to all those chains because i've got i've got a graphic where i show like all the all the it lists off all the origin articles that they've written over the years for mm-hmm. ebola for zika and we're talking about 
Andrew Rambo, Christina. It's all the same. Yeah, people. yeah, yeah. The same one. The same Zika, one. The, the Ebola, usual suspect. H, I'm sorry. HIV. Um, oh, SARS-CoV-2. And there's a, there's one more. I'm blanking on what Miss? But basically, they write all. They are the go-to people that write the origin narratives for all of these viruses that come out. Yeah. All yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I couldn't get, I couldn't get a read. And I, I'm trying to describe this properly with Gary. It was like they, they were keeping him out at a distance for some reason, and yeah, that suggests it, he's, to me he's, he's a, um, he's a liability. Retard. Yeah, look at him. well. Well, it suggests that number one, he could be a liability retard. Number two, as you so eloquently put it, number two, he could be uh, that they don't want people looking at that whole time uh, that you're talking in that period there that you're talking about because it right. undermines, and then it connects with other things. Uh, but it could be something even more so that we don't know yet. That that if you bring so well, the it's, one it's, they it's... don't, and here's about working in the air, the one who they don't pay attention to as much or they try and lead you away from becomes the one that becomes the nagging that's, that's in my head Tulane. that I want to look into later Tulane on. Tulane University is the Bill Gallagher. Um, yeah, it's it's ground zero for a lot of this. Um, you know what? I see Nick in the chat. Maybe he could... Um... I mean, there's a, there's a primate research center in Louisiana mm. where Tulane University mm. is. A, a lot and of shit went Robert down Gary, in Tulane, bro. Robert Gary um so one of the things that I've been trying to explain to people is that Robert Gary, he did his PhD at the university of Texas in Austin, apparently. And, and so, and so this is for Kevin too. So guess when he, he got his PhD, I think it was 1983 from UT. And that's the year after Garth Nicholson's friend was murdered in cold blood. And Garth Nicholson's friend had been working on on these vaccine experiments with Texas prisoners. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. You and, better explain this. Oh uh, well, unfortunately, facet. I don't think we have. An, I don't. I don't want to get too far off. But I just. It's important to piece. Some of the, it's an important piece of the well, history the, here. The so. I, I'm listening. Robert, I'm listening. Robert Gary has been involved in some crazy shit for a very long time. Um, the, in the 1970s, there were a series of, of 60s and 70s, they were using Texas prisoners to test new vaccines in various things. And um, and so Robert Gary just magically happened to be right where this stuff was happening. And during the Gulf War in 1991, uh, Garth Nicholson is or was a, he's still alive, but he was one, like a leading researcher in for cancer at the university of Texas at Austin. And he'd been nominated for the Nobel prize in the eighties for work with like cell membrane stuff. Um, a highly regarded cancer researcher and just cell researcher. And his daughter fought in the Gulf war and came back with Gulf war syndrome. Mm-hmm. And so he it, it instantly became very interested in this because Gulf War syndrome was like a, an immune a set of immune problems. Uh, was it like, just like an autoimmune disease? Like, oh no, no, it gets it, fucking it much worse than this, dude. A bunch oh of shit! No. Oh, no. Yeah, so so he so he took blood samples because he wanted to figure out what was wrong with his daughter, 
And what he found in those samples was was something called mycoplasma, so very very small bacteria that contains. Well, it's, it's like let's describe it as, as like the smallest self-contained organism that isn't it. It almost sits between virus and bacteria. Or yeah, it's almost like, it, that's the way the to smallest think about form it. of bacteria. Yeah, yeah. They, they have a different. They don't have a true cell wall, <laughs> but but they're not as they're not as small or as basic as, as viruses are, and um, and they were weapon. This was something that was weapons research going back decades that that isn't really published, but basically, so he found these. He took these blood samples and he was looking at them and he found this mycoplasma. And this mycoplasma all had um, a basically a complete what's called GP120. So basically the spike protein of HIV was in these was in this mycoplasma. They, and so they, all of these um, servicemen from different countries who had been around a certain biological weapons facility that was blown up during the Gulf War all got sick and and all of they all of them had this mycoplasma amongst other things and they all had this mycoplasma with GP120 this this spike protein of HIV in it and it when he went back he was doing more research he went back and met some people who who knew about these t- prisoner experiments and so he was able to look and he he was able to get samples somehow and he found that in the prisoners their blood had this had mycoplasma poisoning and those mycoplasmas had different pieces of hiv so not just one specific one but they had that one plus other parts of the virus like it was like a mixture and so what you see is, by the way, the GP120 is it's pieces of of this of the high HIV spike protein that were found on January and that and that Indian paper that was published on January 31st of 2020. It was from that GP120 spike protein of HIV that was found inside of SARS-CoV-2, which is the reason why they had the very next day this teleconference it's not because about the furin cleavage site because they already knew about that but but my point is to show that robert gary has been involved with this for a long time and the same day that that pratin et al paper came out the the indian preprint that talked about the hiv inserts the same day let's just check johnny are you familiar with this paper the uncanny similarity between HIV and SARS-CoV-2. No, no, I don't. Oh, my no, God, no, yeah, yeah, you need to. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, like comical name. Yeah, I mean, it's, so basically, the reason why Fauci and Farrar had this teleconference was not because they found the furin cleavage site, because they already knew about that. Mm-hmm. I've already discovered. I got that. Yeah, yeah. That, that, like, they knew three weeks earlier. Um they were freaked out because they wanted to nuke any connection with HIV. And it just so happens that Robert Gary, um, his boss had on the same day had written an 80 page paper 
that talks about how to treat SARS-CoV-2. It wasn't even called SARS-CoV-2 then, but how to treat it based upon the similarities between this virus and HIV using what's a specific type of therapeutic called fusion inhibitors, which he and Gary helped invent. Mm. So, so they knew that all about this weapons research. And basically what it looks like to me is that you see three decades of research trying to hone in and figure out what are the parts of the HIV virus that can be weaponized. What do they eat? And, of them and is this so? So this spike protein is the the they think it might be the golden goose. Oh, they made it what? the golden goose. They made it the golden yeah, goose. Yeah. They, they put these a product of, of decades of of, of bioweapons research. Let me let me let me speak to my countrymen in a vernacular. He'll understand, right? <laughs> 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 they took they took the pieces of multiple pathogens that they've been studying for donkey's years. Right, going back, uh, your fathers, 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 and they've been taking and looking for the most active parts of the protein, the little pieces that are like, you think of them like uh, the edge of a knife, and then taking those. You know, when you, I don't know, you see those old villages. Remember the concrete walls that have bits of glass stuck in the mm-hmm. yeah, in yeah, the yeah. My, my, right? my house had it, man, because otherwise <laughs> our bags got stolen. Yeah, <laughs> right, like that. Right, and they—they just imagine it being a study of the, like those bits of glass. Which ones mm-hmm. last as, as long as possible? Which ones cut this as is, well is. as possible? That's what I would do. Good job. You, yeah. That was a much better explanation than. That, that's also how uh, I, I mean. Mo- it's really hard to, but that—that's like how they try and set for the dynamics of even even philosophical, ideological debate. They're looking for the point that cuts in, the point that gets in. That's always the the point that these people who seem to have massive intelligence thinks. I feel that 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 network, you know, that Rhodes network. Uh, you, you we're talking about is and and all of these other groups. All of these other groups get recruited basically into the same. Class. Club, and that yeah. club is in is inextricably yep. linked to intelligence and often is intelligence yeah. and it's yeah. become so big and it's replicating at such a speed that m- the amount of spies that are what we would consider spies around today are much more than ever before in history and it's going to keep increasing until the intelligence state the, the, takes the over scary thing is, it's the, the most powerful entity out of scary, all scary scary thing is johnny a lot of people don't even realize that they're spies in this system that's how good they've got it right that's how yeah. good they've they've managed to hone the behavioral psychology and the ability to you know everyone talks about nudge psychology and all that type of stuff these days but the ability to set people up have them think that they're part of some special group and then they've got a they've got a backdoor or some mechanism that they use to control and pull strings and it's um i I don't know it's it's part of nature as it were 
I, I don't want to sound cheesy, but w- waking up is a nonstop process. And if you think you're right at any time and that you found the answer to all things at any time, you'll f- discover that on further investigation, you're wrong. And in two years' time, you'll say, even the things I thought that I thought I was right about, I didn't really understand properly. Oh, it doesn't no. necessarily mean you can still say a sentence. You, 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 could say, you could still say a sentence and it makes a hell of a lot of sense here, now, in the future uh, as well. But it doesn't necessarily, the nuances of it doesn't... Uh, don't necessarily mean make it mean the same thing once you discover all of the things around it and that's what we could keep doing we keep launching into all of the things that are around it and it all looks like intelligence um let me looks, it's uh, a space it's a space cat it's, it's a space all, cat uh, it's, all, it's all about the money it's all, um, it's all uh it's all about the ming yep <laughs> hang on hang on i've that, got to find control they you just, know what yeah. space cat you get the chat on your face sorry sorry bro yeah well, I mean, it's just Nick. It's okay. It's not that important. All right. I like so, it. So, Johnny, meet yeah. Nick. Nick. Oh, Yo, Nick. Meet Johnny. <laughs> hey, Johnny. How you doing this morning? Oh, God. That's terrible. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I got a hangover, man. Sorry, I got dude. a hangover. We're it's all okay. doing Cockney today, Charles. You've got to get with it. Oh, sorry. Snap, sorry. I should have been doing Snap to grid, mate. <laughs> I didn't know we were actually all doing From Cockney. From now on, I would have done Cockney. Yeah. Oh, all blindly gather and all that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, Chris. Uh, sorry. Nick. <laughs> knows charles charles knows nick we know each other and we've all been i don't know like an attractor within this free fall down this very very dark rabbit hole as we're all trying to understand what these fuckers are doing and nick has uh i would say it's not it's not subject matter expert it's more than that it's a um i mean you could savant i don't know savant level a clinical obsession yeah sure Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with respect to how these so you you actually did a very eloquent job johnny of just describing i didn't know about this meeting in 1917 you said well, you should have been reading yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, no, well, we, 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 I'm not sure if you... Oh, 1911. 1911. Yeah, the International Chinese Symposium. That's a Manchuria. new one to me. I should... I shouldn't scan it was these. a new one to me, I tell you, and it was, it didn't make any sense. I kept going over medical stuff and, and vaccine stuff and kept coming over Reginald as true for Farrar, not Jeremy Farrar. And I kept going like, well, this is a bit, uh, a bit too much for me. And then followed well, the lines. Well, so as much as you've delved into that nick has um delved into the post second world war oh that's my yeah i'm I'm trying to think how best to put this it's like butter (laughs) evolution evolution of biowarfare programs and how Mm -hmm. they changed and adapted and were used by special interest groups from national to transnational I think that's as best a technical explanation as I can give it. Is that fair, Nick? It is fair, with an emphasis, uh, Johnny, on the... Uh, Don't the say word. homos, and... Nick. Just stick with the science, <laughs> you. Oh, 
Oh, by the way, I will. Yeah, I will be making a theological note in a minute here. So you just uh, buckle up, Buttercup. Um, uh, I, I focused on I focused on really um, starting on the HIV origin story and what it what it led to. Johnny uh, was the broader workbench of all of the activities and projects that were going on during the Cold War, our shift away from nuclear munitions to using nuclear energy to mutate pathogens in an attempt to make new and more virulent infectious diseases. These would be weaponized against leaders that weren't aligning to U.S. interests. These were is the this kind guy of chat me up? Is this is this all a chat <laughs> up line? Yeah. This is pretty good. So far, uh, like everything look, that interests me in the same uh, like, like, okay. I, I would just on. say, uh, keep just keep the space cat on screen. Nothing else. Yeah, keep the space <laughs> cat. Go on. So, sorry to interrupt you there, but this is... I, I, well, I like... I As we say it in the UK, I like the cut of your jib, mate. Like the cut yeah. of your well, thank jib, you. yeah. Thank oh, you, I, thank I, you. I, didn't, I didn't get any jib cut. <laughs> I feel bad. It's because you didn't make the slightest effort to be Cockney at all. You didn't. You I, didn't. I apologize. No, no, no. There you go. Just a yeah. little, you know, you just got to drop a, a letter here and there. And, you know, <laughs> in, there you are. Uh, so coming back to coming back to the horrifying 1950s, what this really uh, fo focused on was an era of science, Johnny. And this is where. Uh, if there's one gift, you know, one one takeaway that I, that I share with you this morning, it's go and put your nose in the uh, medical libraries and look up the uh, journal called Journal of Medical Primatology, like primate primatology, mm -hmm. and you will find um, a, an entire jungle of terrifying and horrifying sort of island of dr moreau type activities as they blurred the line between are these all monkey references the entire journal is all monkeys monkeys and people like hey wait um, a minute wait a minute can you just get, get, can i just shout hey hey monkey please. can you bring me one of those uh ginger beers could you <laughs> Cool, man. Thank you. You've got an assistant. Please, monkey. please. I'm sorry. No, no. I I wanted it for comedy routine more than anything, and I just I just forgot to say please to my monkey. And in no way is monkey ever an assistant. Monkey is one of the nicest humans on earth, even though he's a monkey and all of that. He's about to bring me a ginger beer so I can be refreshed while I listen to more monkey comments. Well <laughs> done, monkey. Cheers, Thank monkey. You. Well done, monkey. They're saying cheers, monkey. Trained, yeah, well-trained monkey. I'm impressed. He's no, no. He trains me, and he trains everything. He's, uh, he's, he's the boy. He's the boy. Wait, what did, I I, did I, did I miss an actual monkey? Yeah. Like, well, we're all monkeys, like, bro. There's like, like more of a like figurative. Talking we're monkeys. We're all monkeys. <laughs> Kevin, it, Kevin, if I can share, I'll put up uh, one quick little sample just uh, to give Johnny a taste of what he might find in the journal. That, oh, that's, God. Just that's compelling. Oh yeah, you know what's coming. You know, here it comes. All right, the screen share is on. Okay, I'm so sorry, everybody. So what we're looking at here is a paper from 1969. Oh, oh yeah. This is right in the middle of the horror. And this James particular Patterson, paper, he's still all of this time. He's still messing yes. about with stuff. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, but, but Johnny, look at the German names. There are some very interesting German mm -hmm. names in there. I don't recognize. Mm. Sigler, Metzger, mm. Zweren, Behrens. Mm. So uh, this this experiment 
is after years and years after they understand quite clearly that human beings are already affected and circulating and infecting each other with primate pathogens that are uh, central in a number of human diseases. How did they get these primate pathogens? By using primate cell culture and living animals to produce human biologicals, a practice around the world. It wasn't just that pulled that dirty polio vaccine that everybody loves to scapegoat. We used chimpanzee cell culture for annual influenza shots. So you wonder where respiratory syncytial virus came from? Well, from the flu shots. And every year when you look at the, uh, the epidemiology of influenza vaccines being given and then the resulting wave in influenza pneumonia deaths, uh, it's quite it's quite telling. There's there's uh, quite an interesting story there. But at this point in time, can I, can I, can I just make all a, the garbage in interjection? Please, please, here please. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it it's quite um, germane point to raise up right now, and it's one thing that blew my mind when you made this connection. Which is you're familiar with RSV, right, Johnny? Um. Yeah, 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 yeah. Most definitely, my son was in hospital with it recently. Okay, please, oh, wow. please, Nick, would you bring up where RSV came from, um, yes. what it is, and what it was originally called? Yes. So, uh, well before this era, I think back as as early as the forties, at least we started using primate cell culture and living animals to produce human biologicals, Johnny. And uh, respiratory syncytial virus is the second name given to this pathogen. Its original name was chimpanzee coryza agent because it comes from the chimpanzee. And it got into human public health, both, as I just said, annual doses of it coming across the species barrier by way of influenza vaccines produced on chimpanzee cell substrate. It also is horizontally transmissible we can give it to each other by coughing uh, i don't know all of the mechanisms of, of it's actually uh, actually it spreads via aerosol okay yeah I mean, we, you cough and sneeze and it's it's highly transmissible but yep. mm -hmm. um the the source of it how did millions and millions of people suddenly encounter a primate pathogen in their bodies when they don't eat monkeys or work with monkeys have any exposure to them well yes they do because our pharmaceutical industries around the world as harmonized through standards at the say it with me kids the world health organization they all said yep this is how we need to make our medicines this is safe and effective they did it for pretty much at least 30 years so we've got rsv from the chimpanzee we have many of the herpes virus which are uh, you know, socially difficult, but if you didn't know that many of them are synergistic in the onset of cancer in your body. Uh, and then of course we have HIV, uh, we have STLVs. There's, there's a whole farm of pathogens that are now endemic in human public health that are thanks expressly directly to the use of primates in human medicine so that's the big underlying lesson underside you know underneath hiv and you know the happy little cloud that i was i'm here to paint for you today 
That's a really good, happy little cloud. I like it. I, I've just been t- making a couple of notes on the side here as, as, as you're, you're, you're speaking there as well. And there's so much, uh, yeah, the, I, I find that um, everything, I, I did a load of research in Port and Down because before I was uh, writing the welcome, um, when I was writing sorry the welcome, sorry to interrupt again, article, Johnny, but yeah, uh, it's, I just, I think BSE came out of Port and Down. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, I have no doubt that the same people are involved in covering up these things that uh, are circling in the same areas. They're always the same people and the cover-up crew. Really, the Royal Society is something that is where it, it, a lot of the, the cover-up crew emanate for. That's at least a reward. As soon as you're there, then you're top-level cover-up crew. That's what it seems to be. Um, yeah. Fuck the Royal Society. Oh, um, so, yeah, f- f- fuck them good. Uh, so, so... Like, uh, when I was writing The Welcome Five, I started writing it, and I got to um, about Brian Spratt. And Brian Spratt is a colleague of um, Roy Anderson and other people. He's been involved in the foot and mouth stuff as well. Um, Later on, writing who's put in charge of doing the review, but the same people who who did the whole thing right at the start. I mean, dirty rotten bastards. Anyway, Brian Spratt was an interesting one I was looking into, but because I was looking into it, uh, there was a load of stuff that I discovered that I realized was gave like context to what would be in the welcome five piece so i went back and i wrote porter down's ideological cloud like the 150 years of human experimentation or whatever or a cloud of of evil evil no but basically i went through quite a lot of like the details of all of the past projects i could find and programs that had been even admitted to or would know yeah, you don't get many <laughs> they, they, you upset. no no yo, no 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 they mask them really well they make them look like so when you're looking back in history and you're looking at their experimentation over you had enough using live um, e coli um and cadmium zinc sulfide uh spraying it over the british population um this is all recorded this is all admitted and there's loads of events of it where they bundled it up into being oh this is one thing over here one thing but they're all different programs that lasted over a whole different time and there's actually a loads of different reasons why they were doing things and different nuances to what they were doing but they like like these guys once you actually go back and research what they've admitted to there is loads there there's shit loads there and that's going to be just like the tip of the iceberg that's going to be a little just a little bit of it you know um because uh there's a there's a hell of a lot um that you just we do not know about yet um that's out there of course but the one of the things that really shocked me was like um they in britain they, they sh- there's this um port and down reel like a little clip that show oh port and down in the past and it was like uh, made in the 1950s or 60s and it's like a look around port and down and it's on one of those old reels that you find on prelinger archives i think it's on um or how you ever you say that um and 
it's really interesting because at one point they show a map and the map actually represents where they were spraying uh, it, live E. coli across the country. Um, and they act just like, oh, look, this is a map. In the-. But if you go back yeah, but to Johnny, what they were doing... Johnny, it's 100% on. safe and effective. What's the matter with you? I know. I know. I, well, tell that to the people. Um, uh, where was it? Was it... Uh, I, I can't remember what the... It was down on the south coast. Um and it, it, there was two places that got sprayed where they just left the rest of the last of the stuff they were spraying out all at the same time. And basically the whole region had loads of birth defects all at the same time. And then they denied all knowledge and who gets, who has to sign it off? Brian Spratt, of course, the same bloody <laughs> group of people it goes round. So, so there was loads of context that looking back. I can during just imagine this era, that though, dude. Car. Go on, Bert, let's get down the pub. I'm done here. Let's just <laughs> <laughs> empty the house. Let's go. Come on, it's all just the same. I don't smell any different. This is a good time to tie it back to your comment earlier that uh, gay men dying of AZT poisoning being the will of Allah. Well, Allah um, moves in his mysterious ways, bro. What can I tell you? He does when he sprays the landscape and you breeders get birth defects. That's the will of Allah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. Oh, oh, I see what he did there. <laughs> mm. He's got his uh, but, but I have to say, if I looked at it, I think that might be a logical fallacy. Oh, also, <laughs> there's a lot of logical fallacies to be had in religion anyway. So, I mean... <laughs> Let's not. I would say let's not go there. But if you want to go there, we can go there. Well, actually, let's, I just, let's right now. Ahead, right now, I just want to. I'm enjoying the. I'm seeing uh, graded comic books behind you. Oh, so oh, I'm, you I'm a big, uh, yeah, I'm a big are, uh, fan myself of, of comic books. So you've lost Charles' scientific mind to the comics. Yeah, yeah. There's there's one or two. This one's counterpoint comic up here is Hardly Finn, which is a Harley Quinn like a, a, a mock-up of course by counterpoint to some of the best artists around and that's oh, a yeah, 9. Yeah, a 9, cover. 9.9 virgin cover oh it looks so beautiful yeah, but well, no it's talk, like what the dogs about it but yeah 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 but I, with, with, with me i've had to I, what i've had to do is is kind of like diversify everything and this is what everybody should be doing diversify where you've got your stuff in all areas because there's things going to collapse monetary systems and stuff so if you've got like a a thousand pounds saved up over here invest it in something that is going to still be worth something after everything goes to pot like you know if you've got a thousand pounds invest it in something else completely different and like uh, diversify but also i'm doing the same thing probably i can like probably something and and stuff and and so yeah i came on Oh, I'm yeah. yeah, I, I do. I have yeah, it. Yeah. Hey, I got like thirty grand. He's, he had a nerd gasm here. I was like, Listen, Jesus. Hey, hey, hey. There, there is something though. Something to be said up here. Up here, this is a uh, uh, program six seven four of two thousand AD, and that's the front cover is dread and it's necropolis, the beginning of the city of the dead, which is a a virus that goes around and makes you ah. and death. It's not really a virus. It's the sisters of death and the and and judge death and his his uh, three three brothers who are doing all of the the crap and it's a fantastic series it's the first start that was the first ever time i got into big boy comics but when you go into big boy comics like that what you discover is that that's set in mega city one yeah so he's in mega city there's one mega city one mega city two brit set there's some other places all around the world but mostly it's a uh, desert land of the forbidden zone and when it's a no man uh, land where there's oh you mean peterborough and 
and yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a be just wasteland and desert around the mega cities. And if you look at what they are planning to create, is this dystopian fantasy that is exactly the same when you actually analyze, like through through just even fiction, what a mega city really looks like. You just realize everybody's going to be mad. Everybody's going to be uh, able to be penned in and told to do what well, they do. I, 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 I would add this. I, I think that you're already in. If you're connected by internet, you're in that smart city. You might be on the edges mm. of it, but the majority of the population, Western population, are in urban environments. And all that street furniture that they've been gaudily sticking around everywhere, all those bollards, all those extra bits of rail, all those things that you think were uh, part of, I don't know, just keep pedestrians safe. No, that's mm -hmm. all there to make sure that, that that's mapped out and put hey, there. I saw something, yeah. It's, it's I saw a something. concentration of population. In, in Chile, I saw something really uh, strange at the end of last year. I, I went for a, 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 about uh, 16 days up to the north of Chile. So I went to Santiago for a couple of days and then spent just over two weeks right on the border of Bolivia and Peru in this like rundown desert sort of seaside beach resort, which was not in the best of states for obvious reasons because COVID had happened. Before that, it was vibrant. There was apparently all the hotels were open. There wasn't people just laying on the floor all around the place, smelling of piss and all on drugs because that's what it was. I mean, you're up at the borders where they're probably transporting drugs across the borders and et cetera, but it was just really that pace that goes around there and other things, drug addicts all over the place. And then a couple of years before, for COVID, the, the beach, the most beautiful, it was a really beautiful beach, completely full of people. I was like one of the only people on the beach uh, after COVID. They're making a world where you're, th these little like out, outposts are being brutalized, completely brutalized. And at the same time, all of these people are going to be forced to traffic themselves into dangerous situations. That's most of what trafficking is anyway. It's like, you know, you just make a climate that means that you get people to go to the place where you're going to use them to make money anyway. Um, you don't have to necessarily grab them, kidnap them and take them or something along those lines. You just coerce people culturally and they coerce us into megacities. Because if you go to Chile and you look at Chile, the majority of people in Chile don't live in the 3,500 kilometers or whatever it is of, of land you've got that goes from penguin to desert to penguin uh you've got you've got um just really santiago is like eight million or something like that and it's only a population of 18 million so the majority of the people live right bang in the center in this city which is surrounded by deserts and if you go there and look at the water the water is brown dirty horrible these people are already living in the, the mega city they're already their mindset is already in the mega city and when i went out there it's like again santiago you go there a few years ago and there's it's nice you go there now and there's like streets where there's just like loads of people uh, like out on the street homeless and it's clear that there's a change in society happening all around us it's getting worse and worse it's being exacerbated by this but to, to take a beach town like Arica where I was and and it, 
it, now it's got loads of like what you would call what would like um, shacks, mud shacks, like really the lowest form, sort of like you know people have made temporary shacks all up on the hillside now where people are stuck there, and so you got these places where are they going to go? They're going to be forced into mega seas, and everything gets turned into desert. If you turn in everything into desert anyway, at the same time you can say to those people that they're turning it into desert there's climate change it's all of these things um but it's the same thing again ironically that happened within history when the spanish decided to change the atacama area which was atacama means twisted roots because it used to be trees all over the place and they just made it into desert to force out all of the people the mapuche to go down south so is it history behind creating an environmental disaster to take control of a people and force them into one city in a region so you no, can keep them happen. all under control no Totally ridiculous. <laughs> but it's comic book, isn't it? It's comic book. It, it is, is a comic, comic book. I mean, it is a comic book. Yeah. It really is. It is like Judge Dredd. I mean, me and uh, Kevin were talking about it that a week or two ago. We were talking about Judge Dredd. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, that's why, I, I mean, know, that's, that was my first trip into so it. much BS. <laughs> that's, that's hey, and anyway, up on there, the, the, this guy up here, don't think he's Judge Dredd. That's his, uh, that's his, 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 uh, his clone. I, I, I just have to that's say. That's where we're going as well. That's I just have to say. I liked the last Judge Dredd movie. I thought that was a good one. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, yeah, really good. Oh, thank God actually, they made movies it. that were actually about the like that were were true to the originals and true to the style and true to the idea. A lot of it is psychedelic. You know, some of the artwork in two thousand AD was glorious. I mean, really glorious. Just because what what a lot of people don't know is that that Judge Dredd day. Yeah, you could go buy the graphic novels or whatever, but you used to buy two thousand AD and two thousand AD had Judge Dredd, Harlem Heroes, loads of other uh, um rogue trooper slain slain some of the most amazing artwork you could possibly see in about an irish warrior king it was just they, they they'd run a series of six that would then get made into a graphic novel somewhere but then start a new series so you had these constant change of i and an exchange of ideas and a lot of it revolved around not only futuristic ideas like um uh rogue trooper or harlem heroes or um judge dread but also things from the past like slain like the idea of what you believe in philosophy and what you believe in theology and and how it well, works this you is, know those existed this is too where uh nick comes in with the black pills and it's probably uh, a good um a good place to do, do the final lap which is uh, as much as he understands the medical literatures the anthropology around i don't know I'm not sure Club of Rome is the be all and end all, but the why don't you why don't you two play pat a cake with each other about what you do and don't know about this elation Malthusian mm -hmm. dystopia that they've got for us, and maybe I think you can throw up the any slides you want, Nick. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I've got a I've got a couple of titles of of the the major written policy pieces over the years, but you've you've probably heard all of these. They're probably all replays for you. And as Kevin started, well, I, 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 I want to see what Johnny throws into the fire. Okay, okay. Well, what we're talking about is essentially the the basement level of all of this. The whatever whatever dressings or costumes or language you want to put around um, the big bad 
essentially depopulation and control are are the mm-hmm. motives um the framework would be the club of, you know the committee of 300 um the discussions in in the 19 uh 70 69 70 time frame that uh, initiated the study under the nixon administration which kissinger produced uh, the nssm 200 document from uh, we know how the kiss. We know how the the Nixon uh, wedding ended. It was uh, it was the Red Wedding. So uh, it, that that instrument didn't become formal U.S. policy until next year in '75. It got a little bit of a shellacking, a little bit of an astroturf, and it was given to President Ford. And it became by that the time the CIA are in completely in control of the government. <laughs> so I mean, well, 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 I yeah, well, I, so, I, I've heard, though. I've heard. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know that. When was weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I tell you. Okay, I, I, I eventually, I'm going to try and approve that. But let, let, let's let's continue. Well, I believe you. Uh, well, <laughs> so so that's that's really where Western, we were digging so in. Is is the sort of the foundations of a fully organized entity with a you know continuity of its agenda as it moves through time, and it went from very frightening and very stark terms back in those early documents, basically two things: cataloging everybody's stuff, who's got stuff, we want your stuff, how many bushels, how many million tons of ore, how much, you know, raw can we Can we make a note, just bookmark here, IBM. Let's talk about IBM just a, a bit, but keep going there. Go on. Be, uh, no, is this pre or post punch card IBM? That, that post. I'm talking the fact that the uh, oh. Club of Rome and all of that was, was helped produced by IBM. I mean, the, the, their modeling that they were doing was all okay. uh, funded by IBM. Even the World Economic Forum's uh, Club of Rome's entry into the World Economic Forum or the European Management Symposium maybe just turned into European Management Forum. I think it only mm-hmm. was called it for two years. Um, uh, that that was also they were behind the funding of those conferences too. So And mm-hmm. IBM have loads of links with those groups so that modeling was run out of a i can't remember which university it was but there was a university which was the whole thing was funded by ibm and it was all modeling stuff anyway go on i think it was maybe mit sure sure uh and and that's i think that's the heart of it is is we we talk about these individual skirmishes of public health, Lyme disease, you know, bovine spongiform encephalopathy. Uh, you know, everybody has their favorite issue that they feel like they've got their the tiger by the tail. And aha, look at here's we've caught them doing it. You know, you've got examples from the UK. Charles and I have examples in the US and we have examples of it occurring to countries and people around the world. But one one piece of all of this that's been important that I try to keep reminding people of <laughs> it's not dark enough let's let's get it darker uh, is that there's a there's a structure behind the health shenanigans and how that's supposed to be hurting you into relinquishing you know your individuality here your freedom to choose there your ability to say no to your doctor your government there and take a medication under duress all all of that is part of the mechanism, you know, to turn down the volume on humanity. They said it 173 countries at the World uh, uh, Population Conference. They all got together and said, yeah, we yeah, we need less people in the world. Let's let's go about it. That was 1974. So there's there's the the biologic attack, this emergence of the, um, you know, the the threat 
reaction solution model that we've seen again and again. And there's the food vector. There's the changes that have occurred in commercial production of food and the, the now lit litigious you know you can you can go and jump on a class action suit if you get a cancer that falls into the category that they're suing uh bayer monsanto for over glyphosate that was clearly not an oops we had a bad product you know oops we used some lead paint for a couple of years and then we changed it and we went back to market uh-uh this has been one of the vectors so that's that's where i say become aware of some of the people that have been running around the tree huggers the the health nuts i was i started as a health nut um and then i found you know dug my way down to this deeper level of the stuff and it's like oh this is what it seems to be all about and it appears that they've you know, they've quite effectively actualized this stuff for a long time. And then you bring in Klaus to poison and just use classic corruption. It's just corruption. People talk about eating babies and all of this scary stuff, and that may exist. I haven't, I haven't seen hard evidence of the scale of all of that hocus pocus ooga that people like to talk about, about the adrenochrome and the, no, the number just, of children. You know what, Nick? I just think it's like, go on, will you, well, di will you diddle a kid? Right, that's that's like the metric, right? And then once you're doing that, you're uh, <laughs> they got you. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's well, it. That, well, that's and, I, and I heard I heard something about from someone recently about don't don't go to private parties if you become part of the Washington D.C. set. That might have been on you and Charles discussing this, I believe, um, because you'll wake up in the morning with Polaroids of you and a naked kid with you. You know, regardless of what your proclivities are, whether or not that's your deal. You know, that was something that I heard from. I, I, did you guys talk about that, Kev? Uh, not me, dude. I'll just shut that straight down on my stream. <laughs> no, no, well, no, no. It was it was a warning. No, sorry. It was in a spaces. And maybe maybe Charles had come in. That's why I was associating it with him. I'm trying, um, I'm but I'm trying to remember that an, an insider, someone who, you know, was in politics said, look, this was this was the warning. And here's why. So, yeah, I would. I have no doubt that that's a well tried and trusted mechanism. That these fuckers have been using for a long, long time. You don't come from the UK and not realize that that's what that predator class does, right? It it's it permeates everything, and it, you either switch onto it and say no, or you start playing their game and I don't know. You maybe the trip to the waterhole isn't so dangerous or so morally offensive but there could be a time where that turns on its head and yeah wow all right man but, but so johnny so johnny come back come back to um really you were talking about sort of the source and the funding and the ibm connection i think everybody yeah, okay wait, let, let's let's, let's i tell you what right, let's go let's go back to like if you talk about Malthus and people start looking at Malthus, that's a really good way to understand the basic reasoning behind a lot of this ideology. But over years, that ideology, again, I'm going to use this word, I've used it a few times in this, becomes more nuanced. Um, and there's like branches of Malthusian ideology that comes out from it. Mm -hmm. And eventually, in the late 60s, when you had people like um, Morris Strong, um, it, to a, a 
large extent, Herman Kahn and his realizations I've I've written about is uh, the year two thousand, which foresaw lots of the uh, the Hudson Institute and the Rand uh, funded by the Rand Corporation on behalf of the the um, I think it was the State Department, uh, basically looked at, into what is going to be like in the future with technology, so that they could advance in on technology. Um, and technology meant that that a lot of the time this idea of where we're advancing to in the future meant less people they wanted less people and this this ideology these new malfusian people um the uh, aurelio peches uh, morris strong of the late late 60s early 70s and onwards and then there's new brand today that are really visible klaus schwab's still there of course hanging around but then you've got yeah yuval noah harari who seeds in the ideas of what he thinks it'll be like in the future but what he's not is he's not seeding what he thinks he's seeding what all of the guys are clapping are creating he's telling them what yeah, they are creating themselves so it's like such his, a, uh, but there's his, also this mo- interview um like two days ago i haven't been able to because it would make me too sick right now well, i'm it, not it in the state of mind to be able i just would vomit one stream for entire well, day I, I also that would be say, the worst thing ever you know not it, it not only was it a, was it an interesting pile of shit but I, I just wanted to know hey kevin when he just said the hudson institute um i don't know if you know this but that's where david asher works yeah, yeah, yeah. okay i just want to make sure you know yeah. anyway okay and anyway. all, all so, those so, think so, tanks so wait, dude wait, wait, i'd torch them yeah 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 I, I agree. I agree completely. Um, but there's also another, they, I mean, there's more than just those guys underneath. There's another layer. There's a guy called um, Peter Frankopan, who you'll see coming on commentating about um, the Ukrainian war and stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, Can't stand he, him. He, yeah. He, uh, he, his most recent book basically leads you to the conclusion that, well, population depopulation is the only way forward. And that's the way to go. Well, and if you look, isn't, isn't his thing that, um, the, the it's collapsing anyway am i thinking of the same yeah. guy yeah i think you i think you are but that's it it's all around the global warming idea the climate change you have to for for those conclusions to be reached you have to go with the rest of their agenda when i was doing um uh, I, I, this is amazing. Someone, a, a really good guy, Darren Kenton, who does a bit of research, and every now and again he sends me something. And one time he sent me a load of slides, and I put them up already. They were so interesting. I talked through each of them, and they're nine training slides from the World Economic Forum training. Uh, they they put them up on their their Instagram or whatever years ago. I, it was some something years ago, and it was amazing when you got they, they actually say like depopulation or pop population control written and then they cross it off ironically as a funny joke and then say something else underneath but they they themselves know what they are there for they're there to help reduce the population because of climate change and all of these other agendas little management into- that's yeah, right. these people go in and they get their mind messed with by these people. And they're already, everything outside is telling them the same thing because it's all co-opted. So they got the BBC and everybody. All of it leads you to the same thing Peter Frankopan will lead you or Yuval Noah Harari will lead you to or Clive Schwab will lead you to. It's this idea that it's your fault, not theirs. It's your fault, not theirs. And I, th- I, I, I do 
there's like elements of power and control over this. When I was talking about IBM, like I, you go back to um, if you research uh, the not uh, the World Economic Forum and um, parts of the Club of Rome and what they did. There's a lot of links with IBM. There's also a lot of links with other things with IBM that relates to this and the well what we're talking here. Roy Anderson, what does he get? A special scholarship to study from IBM in the early seventies, in the exact time when all of this is happening and IBM is funding all these programs, working with the Club of Rome, you've got Roy Anderson getting on a special IBM scholarship. And he, it, it's, it's all like all of this. Yeah, it's just like the pushing forward of the agenda slowly of depopulation. We all know where it's going. It has to go there. And it, if you study, like it, they, they talk about, oh, it could be a popu population crash. And then they say, oh, there's going to be too much population. We don't we don't know what's true or not anymore because it's all psychological warfare. And the best estimate is that it's going to go up to about 11 billion and then drop back off to steady and 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 like 8 billion, 9 billion equilibrium. That's what that's what some of the studies say. But you don't know what any of these are built on. They're just well, and, bringing and them 19, out. Of thin air I think it was 1970 or 1980, but there was a study that was done by the government. I think it was it, it was another in this mix in this milieu, and they said that there could be a hundred billion people in the year 2100, which is ridiculous. They, that was like their upper range. Okay, that was never going to be possible ever in a billion mm -hmm. years. We were never going to have a hundred billion people on the planet. Charles, was, know, it's Charles the listen to me. Mic. Listen to me. Pull that mic right to your face, dude. It makes such a <laughs> it makes such a All huge right. difference. Yeah, I can hear Sorry, him fine. Anyway. You're fine. But yeah, there's, there's thank, some you, echo, thank you. Well, so you're coming across. Okay. Well, anyway, um, hundred so million upper bound. This is the same. So around the time that I was born, they were off by 90 billion from where it's actually <laughs> going to be in 2100. They were off by 90 billion because it's probably going to be about 10 billion because, you know, and, and may see the other thing is, is that they had the, all these, these um, estimates of, of what, what was going to happen like with food crops and, and shit like that. Well, as it happened, I, uh, I studied under a guy named Brian JL Berry who's a geography professor from UK, like the most cited geographer on the planet. And I took a global economics class from him in college at UT Dallas. And in that class, he talks about, okay, well, what happened after 1980? Crop yields, well, from 1975 to 2000, crop yields but grew by like a factor of a hundred, like, like the, the efficiency for wheat and for rice and for stuff because of the use of new genetically engineered crops, et cetera, the yields went up between 10 and 100 times the amount that you could grow per acre. And, th and that is what ultimately got 90% uh, of the, I would just say go, poverty God bless Monsanto. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that Monsanto is, you know, <laughs> Jesus or anything, and they they are evil. They're part of the evil empire, but nonetheless, all of these smartest brains on the planet completely 
blew the population estimates, they completely underestimated our ability to innovate our way out of these problems. And that's, and so now they're not going to admit that they were wrong. And for me, this is all about the singularity. This is all about making it to that point while still being in control. They just want to be in control when shit goes crazy. So this is all this is all about forever. That means because we'll be doing that forever. If we're chasing the singularity, we just may be chasing our tail. I mean, it's it's it really is. I well, I really want to. That's what they think, but the, but the, but they're uh, but they're wrong. The point is is that they've always been wrong. They don't deserve to be in charge. Mm-hmm. And what we have to but do. But they're disingenuous and wrong. Go on. Sorry. Sorry. What, well, well, I, I was just I, I was just trying to basically state that the only way to fight against this is the the democratization of information and technology which is what they're trying to stop because now that they have all this stuff they saw what happened with the internet and they said holy shit we can never let this happen again because the internet made the world a freer and more prosperous place it also increased communication so so now they even though we've seen the censorship they 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 aren't yet at the place where where they could control it all and so no, now but they're, they're trying, trying. this is, i said this control. Johnny, they're trying to regain control now if it was on stream or not i can't remember but i said look the fact that you've seen such a spasm in the way that systems are running that it's so it's you've got to be blind not to see it right now tells you that they're going all in Right? Yeah, this it doesn't it. matter what the the fact that we're sitting here talking about it and talking about Jeremy Farrar's um, historical timeline, mm-hmm. etc. They don't give a fuck, right? They they're on it's a race to the finish, right? Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yep. um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I keep saying to everyone, get through the other side, don't get caught up in their traps, and then crawl out whatever it is that they've made, then go get them. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, there's, there's something else. So there's like I, I want to go back to, like what I was saying when I was saying they're disingenuous. I mean, these guys who created this thing, we look go back and say, look at Aurelio Pecce, who's like the Italian industrialist who creates the Club of Rome, or at least the president of the Club of Rome, a really big, important member. And and they put this idea out into the world like they're the best thinkers and they know best to everyone. And then within a few years, he's buying Concord, which is of course the the, the or at least being a, a a major owner within Concord. And Concord which is of course fucking most... rock though, dude. Like we've yeah, gone I know backwards, it rocked, but it was polluting <laughs> as hell. It was polluting as hell. They they just put out this whole thing, climate one, and then he goes and does the opposite. Yeah, but that's they're, what they they're all buying do. they're buying houses they on coast. They know it's, yeah, yeah, they know, they, it's know bullshit. It's, they know it's bullshit. They know it's bullshit. So it's disingenuous, but it all leads to the same thing. They worked out, and I think this is where we're going. They all worked out that we are not going to um, do it by ourselves, right? We're not going to depopulate by ourselves. So it's got to be done by w- one of well, two. Wait, 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 hang on. It's not going fast enough for them because the thing is, birth yeah, yeah, yeah. rates, right? Industrialized countries do have lower birth rates. It's not like my grandparents had eight, nine brothers each, right? Mm-hmm. Brothers and sisters each. Um, you're talking about Jeremy, uh, 
Yeah, Jer- six, Jeremy for six, six, six kids, right? You can see the. He was one of six, and you can see the family shrinking over over time. And yeah, I can I can put myself in their shoes and see. Oh my God, you know, the, we're filling up these council houses. They're two up, two down, and there's sixteen people in there. <laughs> and uh, what what happens in the in the next generation? Um, but it doesn't. They're gonna they're gonna have to they they're, they're gonna have to choose a couple of ways. If they want population reduction, then they've come to the conclusion it is one of two ways. One of them is through viruses. They wanted is obviously a history of trying to select certain people to die uh, within virus like just trying to discover virus virus technology or develop virus technology. So there's obviously an aim towards, or maybe we could do that. But they know that's the that's the the. Burden and everything route because even if they do something like this where they produce a virus that kills a certain amount of people they have to do a, only a small amount of people here and a small amount of people here and a small amount if unless we notice or, or we'll we'll really fight against it or we'll really be angry because if, if half the population of the world had died i think people would have been angry about wuhan right now Johnny, I just read an artifact from a U.S. pharma company that did exactly that in 1979 with batches with a lot of the swine flu vaccine. And they had seen in a market where there was a certain threshold, a certain number of of cases distributed to private practices that a certain percentage of severe uh, adverse events and deaths occurred. And their strategy for the rest of the world, for me, for the rest of the nation, was to cap it to a certain number of cases within any geo. And they created an algorithm okay. just through dilution. I, I just this saw that. This is perfect. I, I want to tell you something. I want to tell you there's a natural algorithm. Okay, right. And it exists within uh, um, how, how much narcissism an empathic person will take. So we could see these people as representing narcissism in general. They don't care about humanity. They don't care about us at all. And they're doing this to us in a negative way. So the amount of self-abuse that you put upon yourself is relative to the amount of self-abuse, your your abuse you're willing to take from somewhere else. If someone gives you, um, is just under the amount of abuse that you're willing to give yourself, you will keep them in your life. And if someone is just over the amount of abuse that you give yourself, you're likely to leave them. So it's all relative to how much you love yourself and how much you care about yourself. And it's pretty obvious humanity has been taught not to care about itself and care about its individuality and individuality of human beings and the human spirit and all of all the different things that we used to love and worship in the past. Those are all being uh, taken out so we can have some sort of Orwellian idea and that is very much so true to how we live in society we are willing to accept all of this stuff while we don't have respect for our societies and our cultures and how we live our lives it is a dance between they've worked decades to pull it apart dude i have a i have an example i bring up all the time right can you remember cameras going up in the uk yeah. Well, okay. I remember. I remember in the the um in the nineties there being lots of everybody going, "Oh my God, there's cameras everywhere." That's basically it. So no, I don't. I don't remember. So I, I can remember them going up, and before before all like the TV programs and the and the they had to get all the material that they were gonna 
pump down the, the BBC was going to pump down the TV at you, right? And I can remember them going up, right? And I can remember the discussions. We don't do this, right? We're, we're the we're the people that you're allowed to go around doing. You don't have to carry your ID card. That's what those Euro trash do, and that's what those commie fuckers do over behind the the Berlin Wall. But we just let it happen. I watched it. I watched it happen, and I, I can remember at the time thinking, "Hang on, this is a splinter in my mind of 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 the direction that we were going to take." And you know, the technology has accelerated to such a point where they don't need the street cameras. Mm -hmm. You know, the UK version of it was very, very. Hey, there's another. There's another. I I I remember in France, yeah went to France and is I lived there for about 2006 I lived in Lyon for uh, just beautiful under city. a year uh -uh. a beautiful city yeah with the basilica or whatever it is up on the hill and and in the in the old town and they got a, a, an old English area and stuff and it's, are, you all, it's are you all related very... because I swear no. you have a lot of the same life experiences that they have. <laughs> that's just, no, we've that's just part been of the reality together. But anyway, was there your girlfriend in Lyon? I had a girlfriend in Lyon. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Johnny Ta. <laughs> anyway, so, 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 uh, in 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 France, I remember going around and thinking, "Wow, man, you can park anywhere and get away with it." It was amazing, and basically, at the same time that that clamping technology had happened in the whole of the world, that the you know technology had increased enough that they were able to clamp your wheel properly, you wouldn't be able to get a tool to get off without someone else getting off. You 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 would be fined, and you'd have to pay it, or your car gets taken away eventually. They got the upper hand on that technology. In Britain, they implemented that, and it was basically perfect. You know, mm. basically perfect. Uh, in in the rest of the world, they implemented it. The French did not take it at all. They were straight away like, oh, like uh, French people do, and they all got super glue, and they went out and they put super glue in all the locks and buggered up the clamps. So basically, eventually, you know, they, they just stopped clamping cars because they were losing money after money after money after money. So if you're willing to take the abuse as a person. And if you're not willing to fight, so they make us docile. And even if you go back again to her, one of Herman Kahn's mentors, again, for, from the Hudson Institute, uh, one of the biggest, uh, one of the reasons why the Hudson Institute was created, Herman Kahn. Um, and you listen to, um, uh, it's within uh, Dr. Klaus Schwab or how the CFR told me to stop worrying and love the bomb. Um, if you go halfway down, you'll see a Herman Kahn video. And he's speaking to a guy called Anthony J. Wiener. No, I'm not sure if there's any relation, uh, who is also at the Hudson Institute. And these guys did a lot of looking into population, depopulation, and how to get the population down, how to control the population. You know, you know what? I've got an idea. Sort of stuff. I've got an idea. Yeah. I think we need to reduce the number of think tanks. That's what I Yeah, think. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Depopulate the think tanks? Yeah. yeah. But you know. when they're talking, when they're talking in this video, you can hear them saying, yeah, and then uh, what we could do is we could just uh, stick something in the water supply and make them a lot more docile, make them a lot Fuck more us. chilled out, you know. That's such and a good just, like, Kissinger. Was that Kissinger or, or, or Oh, Klaus no, that was that? Herman Kahn. That was oh, Herman sorry, Kahn. And sorry, it, it, To be honest, <laughs> no, if I, uh, I'd have to try to do. Schwab is easier to do because Schwab is from Schwabia, so he kind of talks like this when he talks, and 
and he has a oh I am from Basel Wurttemberg that's my Klaus Schwab um oh Kissinger I can't go from Schwab to Kissinger like that that would just be I would be a talented man <laughs> well oh oh man it's just amazing I'm t- currently uh, researching an article about Nahum Goldman who is one of the Zionist leaders and founders of Israel and people who lobbied for the creation of Israel and um his uh servant slave what they could call not slave um Katamite. sorry about that um person kosher woman the Katamite. woman who made sure everything in their household in new york was done in a kosher way so went round to check to all was, her name her name was paula kissinger and her son was Henry Kissinger. Don't so, they, they, you know, there's like amazing links to the hierarchy of power in um, Israel with Henry Kissinger, because then their kid, Guido Goldman, sets up the um, German Marshall Fund in Harvard, which is then an extension of Kissinger's international seminar. The same woman, Abby Collins, who ran Kissinger's international seminar, goes and works for the G- German Marshall Fund, which is set up by Rockefeller and the boys is uh, opening... Oh, you should the opening pictures is just amazing of that that sort of the German Marshall Fund where they all look like gangsters Rockefeller and the gang they all look like gangsters it's amazing just you know you know, quite, you know um, what I'd say covered. right this Thank this you, is love. this is that they're bullies on the block that bunch right and I can see like looking at your comics we'll uh, we'll analyze everything Johnny but uh I see the Samson option <laughs> in the back there yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah right yeah, yeah, yeah. um I think we have to be saying to these types, uh, you know what? Um, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Do your Samson option. Let's see. Let's yeah, see. Yeah, let's yeah. see who's left fucking standing. <laughs> no. Ha, ha. This is where I was going. Fuck. Oh, sorry. Sorry for the language. Nah, um, if there's ladies listening, this I've the, said, I've said some things before. I, uh, I was in a comedy club and I said cunt too loud yesterday. <laughs> uh, I felt really guilty. The woman next to me, her face went like this and I thought, oh no, I've I've, I've, I've uh, upset somebody's mother, which always makes me feel bad. Um, anyway. Well, I, you so should have just about... grabbed her by the, uh, you know. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah. let, let's get away from that. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. Don't try and trump me, fella. Um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, where was I? Yeah. So so basically, they they, they come down to a conclusion, uh, so to a fine a, a final solution, you could say, yeah. to the problem of humanity of depopulation. They're not going to release a virus very easily, but they could release a virus. Well, maybe they'll get both sides to release a virus, but it has to be carefully uh, done, and it has to make sure that all of the elites are top point not five percent. I've had or, indicators. Or I can think back right to prior pre pandemic, right where. I was having these types of discussions with well, what you consider the operational upper echelons. And I said, oh, it's got to go down, basically. And, you know, we should we should be looking out for each other, et cetera. And, you know, there was all sort of like nodding and agreement. And they that, that I remember it stuck with me was, um, well, when it comes, um, it's going to be it's going to be easy. That's that that was the sort of takeaway. And in a sense, yeah, it, it has been easy for that class. You know, they're high, high-end medical, right? And so maybe they had an inkling. I don't know, right? Like I say, I've, I've sat at the tables with the directors of big pharmaceutical medical device companies, etc. That's uh, they've they're at WEF, and it's like they knew, 
something was coming, but like they they had this nonchalance about it, a heads up, if you like. And you know, what you, did you know, you know how you make your product successful in the world? If you have a product, or if you have a business, or oh, something. tell me, I, I didn't it's, pull that bit off. <laughs> oh, 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 it's all overconfidence. Like go beyond confident because you have to know that what you're going to achieve is going to happen and be realized. You have to know it. So the people who know it know it so much that they make it happen, and they 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 you know hyper focused. It can be the rest of it. What we see is mainly just the buffer around it. We don't see the people who are hyper focused in reaching this conclusion. And this conclusion is is a conclusion. Is it, it's the end game because and and this is a thing that couldn't I couldn't get I couldn't get, I I realize that there's if you watch how they divide society so let's look at an example say the entire globe was convinced that there was some terrible medical emergency where they would need to have some form of medical intervention that would be new and experimental and they could uh they they would have no clue whether it, how how well it worked before it happened but they would do it for wider society and wider culture imagine that process uh had manifested uh, and the thing that was put in everybody was so bad that it would kill them eventually it would uh, maybe not straight away but over time or maybe straight away i mean we're imagining here we, this is this is just contemplating this is a it sounds experiment. like it sounds like what actually happened but and what you get what you get you end up is like basically under enough duress under enough pressure under enough milgram style pressure on extremes because remember with milgram you just had um the milgram experiment you just had a guy in a lab coat sit in the back say yeah continue continue Yes, just continue. And still all of those be like 67% or whatever decide that they're going to continue until someone's dead or, or until the risk of it, but they're going to absolve themselves of responsibility and accountability. Oh, I did that so, to monkeys, um, dude. You, yeah, uh, leave my monkey alone. <laughs> anyway, so to the extreme, to the... He just made me a cup of tea as well. He's the most delightful human on earth. I mean, he really is. Um, <laughs> to, like... The, these people who have chosen to walk that path and trust someone who could manipulate them are probably under enough duress, and I mean like switched up, Milgram experiment under those conditions, switch it up to all of the way. If you've got all of your media telling you, all of the people around you telling you, you're roughly going to get up to something like 85, 90% of people are going to be a, just like bend over to the will of wider society, to the pressures put on the fact they'll lose their job and their livelihood. And imagine it's even worse yeah, than what we've already people. experienced. Yeah. So you end up in a situation where uh, you can cr make it so that they can trust you enough to do that on enough occasions that it seems correct. Then you just need one occasion where it ends. And what are you left with then? You're left with two groups. One, with all of the physical abilities to manifest power on Earth, like helicopters and planes and bombs and guns and military units on the one side, uh, and whatever's left. And on the other side, you get a load of conspiracy theorists and stuff who have warned people for ages and ages. People didn't listen. You ain't got any guns or anything anymore. You've got the ones you've got a bit wonky, and these guys are organized as hell. So if the end result is a game and uh, a way to make people uh, accept their 
own um, euthanasia for this idea of Malthusian uh, that comes from Malthus, but is kind of like, you know, a perverted strand of it anyway, because even if you look under it, and nothing is as it was at the start, it always uh, morphs. Um, but if you end up in that game, what we are on this road, we are on this path. This is what this path looks like. Yeah, all of the evidence, they're all in, of the people they're saying, in, folks. we're in, they're, they're in. And so, and I tell you what, they what uh, the next time, if people don't go down for it as well, which is uh, very unlikely, you just switch it up the fear a bit and you make the thing a little bit worse and over and over again eventually we're heading towards a point where one day it only takes one person to make a decision that changes everything and flips and that's why i think somewhere hidden up there is probably still um 300 top guys or something who decide on what the world is going to be like I think um, how much data and... they pulled in the last three years right that they can Mm -hmm. right. all those manipulate models to manipulate yeah, right. yeah yeah all those models that they were working with decades ago just think how much more refined the data has got how how much what so what is this right okay okay so universally if, if i don't know if you all believe in god or whatnot i, I believe do. really I do. it just seems like to, to to say even if there is a god I, it seems to suggest it is like some sort of uh dimension upon dimension or or universe upon a universe or simulation upon a simulation it's hard to work out yeah it gets so confusing you just Oh, you, just, like... you just you just say not everything's in our books and have faith that's the yeah yeah that's, yeah that's but we're story. going to <sighs> we're going towards the same place as people who have god anyway if you're logically minded because it's don't trust the evil people isn't it it's don't trust the people who are trying to change you from a human that seems nuts if someone who's holding the needle is also working for the guy who wants to change your humanity you've you've lost your humanity and we've lost our humanity we're, we're 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 right on the edge of it now and these guys are making it happen and they yeah so what is it so what is this away from spirituality this is kind of like um uh, modeling upon modeling upon modeling upon modeling upon modeling. You could see it as turtles all the way down. You could see it as that sort of thing. You'd see that they have uh, created and and you know the people behind all of that merge i was talking about earlier um of welcome and the like uh richard sykes he was the guy who um was the head of the uk vaccine rollout uh task force in the whole, whole of the uk so he was responsible for all of it it's a very small amount of people that's my right i'm telling you dude stuff. right let's they've they think they've got a samson option all right let's fucking go then <laughs> That's what yeah, I yeah. Think. So let's right. go, and uh, but we've got to be hyper organized because it might be that their Samson option is do exactly that, and then be like, okay, well now you've got to learn to live with us, but you live so far away and you have no technology, and we'll destroy you if you come near us. So it might just be again a, a bit of like you know Morlocks and whatnot. <laughs> two different yeah, yeah. branches of society Maybe. Um, but i would, that I, I, I would say that there's, you know there's a law of a jungle here which is that um they leave a fingerprint and i don't i don't want to yeah. say too much on rumble right but they leave a fingerprint right and it's not very fucking hard to go back and just say okay and it's not very hard to reach out to um they've got soft spots too right mm-hmm 
All right. If that's but, the game they but, want to play, then... Yeah, but they, they, back, well, I mean, I nearly uh, for, uh, didn't say. The, the, the modeling on modeling on modeling on modeling on modeling. It's become modeling all of the way down. Yeah. So none of it looks real. It all looks hyper-realistic. Yeah, so, so wait, wait <laughs> till... Do I have this saying, right? Fictive reality will always crash into actual reality. Right, and mm -hmm. you can go around doing what chin chin to that. I right. like that sentence. That's right. one of you my can do what the fuck yes. you want, right? Till some <laughs> till someone just steps in and is just like, "Oi, I ain't you ain't doing that round here, sunshine," right? And uh, th then you're gonna throw down and see who comes out on top. Okay, all right, then you're in a fight. If if you, I'll I'll go off on a little one here, right? I'm I'm a bit lit, folks, so apologise. <laughs> You get into situations, right? We all do it, especially um, dudes. Blokes will do it more than women. Women will gang together and pick out a sort of... They're risk-averse. We know it. We mm -hmm. We've seen the modeling. Mm -hmm. I mean, you get some women who are opposite as well. But um, a, a dude will get themselves into a situation where, oh, he realizes that uh, of all his bluster and peacocking, all right, now someone, someone's going to come in and challenge you and just make a point of, and you you either overcome that or you don't, and you learn your place in the pecking order. That's pretty simple math. And right now, right now, these fuckers who we can name, right? And it's, it's not like they've planned everything. They're just fucking bureaucrats, basically, in the system. Privileged bureaucrats in a system that are implementing policy. Okay. All right. It's, it's, not a, it's not a hard calculation in my mind. And then maybe it's not. You have to get through this storm, get through to the other side, and then... Go after them. And maybe that maybe going after them is just dialogue, right? And shutting down the space that they think that they can operate in. Right? Mm -hmm. that may, maybe that's what it is. But do not ever stop and do not ever allow them to shred on your property and your I don't, don't they teach that anymore in the UK? What the fuck? Mate, 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 it would be surprised, you know, even like it depends if you have you 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 have a fee you know, a lot of us are left with this sense that we must believe the best in people and that should not apply to authority. And we're we're leaving it applied to authority. And I still make that mistake. One day this will be known even more so that 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 you know, sometimes you walk into a situation. I, I, I do auditing it where I go and I, I record around town, but I also record police. And sometimes the interactions are not so easy going and they get angry, but you've got to know you got to keep them dancing on the spot, but you don't let them into your house. Even I can make that mistake with the with feeling like I got the best intentions on earth. Anybody can, because once you feeling that you're not in danger um, at all, then you enter into that world and then you let yourself in danger. Yeah, it's kind of contracting. Be very, very careful yeah. of what you're contracting with and what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. selling to people, right? But right now I'm just like, okay, that are we saying the gloves are off or not? That's what I want to know. And to me, it looks like the fucking gloves are off. <laughs> and hi, I had a nasty taste of it 
right? Very early on of what they released. And I've seen and heard and I've had many, many people come to me about just the harms that have been inflicted upon them. Okay, right. Then, you know what? That's what my grandparents used to talk about when they got fucked up in the war. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> all right. Mm-hmm. Well, I wasn't back there in the war and I would have maybe done something different. I don't know. I don't know if I'd have been. But right now we are. You're, you're in that escalation phase. Right. That's that's how I see this. Right. And most people, you need to be able to interpret the stimuli around you that just say, OK, you're, you're either going to be pounced on and you or, or you're going to be. Going with it, going with it, and you get yeah, okay. Right, it. right, right. Wait, there's this one thing I want to say. You're in exponential, uh, like going toward escalation. We're going towards it really fast. It's not only escalating; it's escalating so quickly, and it's doubling over and over. And so, at a point, you got to realize that. And I said, I said, I was talking about this in the comedy uh, club. Yeah, yeah, the comedy night yesterday. I went to a comedy night, and it's it was organised by TNT. And Adam was speaking. And they asked if anybody wanted to say something, and I said uh, about uh, about this sort of um, what what were we just talking about there? Sorry, my well, brain. just that you're being played right now by an authoritative power that's just it it's pushing you, right? Oh and yeah, you, you got to stop. You got to wait. Sorry, sorry. You got to you got to stop thinking about the the um, here and now so much you have to keep your eye on it you still got to protest on the street you got to do that and you probably got to bend the rules of protest you got to come out of the lines of protest they've narrowed us down you can only walk down this street and you have this route and that's stuff. what the street furniture is for cha- that's got to just got to change that's got to be that everybody everywhere rises up together uprising is different from what what they're doing you know that what what they're getting us to do is walk down the street together that's not an uprising we need an uprising at this point so Let's scatter that approach and make it everywhere, and you'll soon see some sort of change happen. Whatever it'll get co-opted because they're very good at doing all of that stuff. Yeah, um, so that's what that's why I think something needs to be fast oh, uh, and just whack, 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 right? right, and just hit hit a lot of them, right? So oh, but just... yeah, yeah. So, so, but what I was saying, sorry, I keep forgetting because uh, I, I I always uh, go off in the tangent. Um, but what I was saying was that the future is the most important bit. We can't aim at the now, the trending, the, the thing, without failing to protect us in the future. And in fact, in fact, if you work what that policy, down the line to what that policy means and what technology is running alongside it. So, for instance, when I say technology, it's not only medical technology like CBDCs and stuff. Well, they're introducing the policy. We know it's coming. They're starting to implement it now. They've been doing that for ages. Loads of people are on the back there fighting. They're creating different types of things. People saw this coming very early on um and you've got you've got things like cryptocurrencies and stuff which are alternatives so you've got this whole fight they're part of the same system dude i'm convinced yeah exactly exactly (laughs) but that's it gets co-opted these things get co-opted because the side knows it so we need to look into the future of what that means and find a way in the future that when they develop a certain technology or when they do a certain thing they're going to need to get it in stages so if we can work out what those stages are where their direction is and where we are now it's not really that difficult for a clever person to get in the middle yeah but but you've got to ask yourself what does that mean we know where they're going but what does that mean they have to go through steps so what are each of the steps well there's not just one two three four there's like hundreds uh, 150 if you can, I need, you can stop i need one a demolition of steps, team 12 of them 12 of them 
Just take out those. I got arthritis in my toes. Is that all right? Can I be in same. with arthritis in my same. toes? Same, apparently. I've, I've learned that this yeah. year. Um, yeah, yeah. I call them toe horns. I call them toe <laughs> horns. There is, it's easy to fix. It's easy to fix. I just chop off my legs and I'll be done. <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. Like Maybe, maybe I, we, I wasn't enough of a man that, that like i don't think my father would have stood for this he died thankfully before all this happened yeah, i was right? gonna say did he have fighters as well did he have ah, copd <laughs> smoked himself <laughs> smoked himself to death wouldn't touch it wouldn't touch uh, a sip of oxygen just smoked himself <laughs> to death and, uh... <laughs> that was my, i think my granddad did the same my nan definitely did the same she went <laughs> she died a motor neuron very quickly she didn't mm. get what stephen hawkins got mm. she she died very quickly like Mm-mm-mm. yeah 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 well, fucking NHS, right? Yeah, man. Oh, that was sad. She was such a good, powerful lady. My, my grand and my grandpa run the roughest pub in Cardiff, like in Ely, called the Dusty Forge, a proper place where you get taken up the stairs and thrown down the big staircase if you've been naughty. And uh, you had to steal the furniture back every night and all the fish were alcoholic. Uh, you know all of these wonderful stories that came from that so when she went like downhill quickly i mean my 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 granddad had been um had died a couple of years before uh, she was diagnosed of like a parrot disease something he he was he had had it for years and years he was actually the, the first person to be diagnosed apparently with pirate uh, parrot a uh, parrot disease in the um I don't nhs know what parrot diseases um, uh, it's it, it i i don't it, it was always said refer to me as blue parrot disease or green parrot but it's not none of those i looked recently it's like a parrot virus or something basically he served out in india and he got some sort of shit out there they didn't actually do any fighting he just played football all of the time basically even uh, the fucking parrots weren't on it bastards yeah, even the pa- well, I wouldn't be surprised if in peace uh, in wartime they were doing experiments out on the boys who were doing nothing. I'm sure, I, I, and, and uh, yeah, no, but, but, never, but, never. but there was lots of uh, lots of. It was sad to see her go downhill so quickly with motor neuron and how it affected because that just broke every bone in her body. Yeah, one you, by you one. just wait You're to just see what's powerful. coming over the next couple of years, dude. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. I, I feel, I feel, I, I feel terrible, but in the same way, it's like, wow, this is what I was talking about. You come to a conclusion. Okay, I've said this in a couple of times. You come to a conclusion. Are they going to be victorious under the current uh, dynamics, with the current dynamics in place? Yes. And what are they going to do? Probably kill about 85 to 90% of people. Okay, if that's the train of thought, then what's that going to leave? Oh, yeah, okay. They're gonna, we, we, we're going to have to have another vision of what society looks like. And then that plays their game as well, doesn't it? So we've got to stop them on, on the path. But is it too late to do that? Because like, like it's say, inherently I think, I think... human. It's inherently human to try and um, cure disease, you know? Well, you, you've got to get through this. If you've, and I say to people, you made it through this far, right? A whole bunch got wiped out. Right, whether from whatever cause, it doesn't matter. You got through this far. You think it's going back to how you remember it? You need to wake up, right? And you gotta, you gotta. Well, I, I don't know. Just um, bide your time. I don't know whether you know, Christian faith. Just turn the other cheek for the moment. Um, your time will come. 
I guess. Yeah, I, I don't find know. I have a lot in common with religious people right now. And I've, I, I, I didn't, I'm not necessarily a religious person. I believe that if you do kind things to people, you get kind things back. And I kind of live on the principle of everything that I got brought up anyway, which was in a Christian household. So, I mean, we went to church. Sunday school yeah, and all those, but I find myself like, linked with religious people. You like me, sort of pseudo Christian, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, I yeah, I think point. I think that Christ would have been uh, much different than what the mainstream media that's been in existence. The for Christ the I knew would have been standing up, raging, grand. Yeah, yeah, throwing stuff about, being like, <laughs> "No way, you <laughs> bastards!" And just like you know, he, uh, I, this is the thing. It's also it's just like the idea of what you have as what's good should come from you. And again, that comes back to the fact of do you feel good about yourself? Do you feel if we all create a load of confident free thinking individuals it's going to be impossible for them to fight against that because the confidence level rises until at least a good amount of the population will cause an uprising yeah, not because comply. they can show to the other not people comply. yeah no. yeah that's uh, and that that there's levels to that there's there's like you know low levels like putting super glue in the locks of of on wheel clamps, car yeah. <laughs> on wheel clamps all the way up to to revolution i suppose well, well i hate the word revolution because i think it's yeah misnomer i i have faith in my american cousins i i do i am not a black pill monkey i will not <laughs> be kept in the, in the monkey cage dr mccairn no, no, but you, you have uh, you have uh, tools available to you that just makes it that much harder to push you around. The radio voice or guns? Um, you oh. don't. Oh, these guns! Pow, pow! Uh, the uh, hello. <laughs> Did anybody compliment Trails for having the high pro glow? By the way, your summertime look. You there was a point. Uh, I think last winter when you were just looking like you weren't getting sleep and all that. And uh, ever since your, your time clock got turned upside down, are you back on the East coast or where are you at? I'm uh, you, I'm still in Japan. Allowed? I extended oh, for another month. Wait a second. I thought you flew to the East coast for that whole thing with the testimony. Didn't you fly out to DC? No, I thought I heard you guys on a stream talking about you. Were no, they were, to they, be were there. they were, um, tapping charles up for questions and uh, oh, okay okay i misunderstood i thought you actually were uh you no, were, no, you were supposed so to be in dc or going to uh right on so is a pretty good lifestyle huh oh yeah i mean it's 2 22 in the morning but oh but other sorry. than that yeah it's a uh, it's pretty nice <laughs> johnny <laughs> what's your johnny what's your cat's name uh, I got two. I got one uh, which is uh, Falco Chow Chow, and the other one which is Mini Chow, and then a dog called <laughs> okay, Bella Chow. Excellent. Is Falco the tuxedo? Uh, no, Fa Falco's the grey one, and it's named oh, okay. like it's actually Falco Chow Chow, as in like Falco is in Rock Me Amadeus, and they. Yes, I knew exactly. I knew exactly <laughs> the reference immediately. <laughs> I like, I like, so we saw buy some stuff. Yeah, yeah. sorry, go on. <laughs> oh, it's good. I just I saw you uh, bonding with the cat earlier. I needed to know. Yeah, yeah, See, yeah. Kevin, it oh, can she, be done. She's a beautiful one. The tuxedo's a beautiful one, but she's bloody stupid. She's actually caused me injury on my face for for years. It's never quite healed properly. She's such a bad girl but like found her in a skip with a little burnt whisker and it was like oh i took her home i was like i said to monkey i was living with monkey and i was like hey we can't keep this thing so we probably should think about what to do with it and he was like next morning come down oh 
I need to keep her. <laughs> and uh, since then, yeah, she's around. But uh, I, I prefer McGray because she's much more nicer. She's such a nicer girl. That's the tuxedo's an cat. idiot. The, the tuxedo's one. an idiot. So stupid. I mean, really so stupid. It's really My gray one goes walking around the park with me. It's quite cute. I like that. There's somebody in the UK. There's an American that's got a, a YouTube show in the UK and Europe, I guess. And he gets a cat in a basket and rides all over the place and everybody freaks oh, out. And wow. the cat has the little harness on and all of that. I can see. Ah. See, that's that's Kevin's next evolution is he's going to be um, yeah. podcast. I'm done with, with fairy little critters. I'm, I'm done with them. I saw one earlier, you liar. I yeah, I know, but like, yeah, just, kid, yeah kid, but after that one, one just let me have that one and then i'm done honest that uh, i'm uh i'm done with them um uh you know yeah keep okay. those windows shut i am <laughs> i am these are nice the last one was horrible but uh oh. <laughs> um, you know i'm not i'm not nasty to animals but i've i've had to work with them it's a bit like working on a farm <laughs> Yes, but there's something there's something that a cat can do for your stress levels, your hormones, even if you don't care to entertain that it has any higher value that you can actually have a relationship with it. But if you can find an equilibrium with them, they do really good things for your health. They're good for you. So. That purr, man, that purr is psychologically, that's like MK Ultra stuff, I tell you. That's, get right in your mind. Uh, I have a wife for that. What the fuck are you on about? <laughs> what are you talking about for cats or MK Ultra? <laughs> Both. We yeah, have just crossed mean. the Rubicon, friends, and good night. <laughs> All right, I think uh, we've been going long enough. That's uh, three hours. So, uh, Johnny, that was a pleasure. Charles, Nick, always. Um, I think there's a conversation that can. Um, it's going to evolve very rapidly. Um, so I think we should be staying, well, looking downrange at least, I hope. And, um, maybe, um, Johnny, I'll sp can you hang on a few more minutes? Yeah, I'm, I, 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 I got loads of time. Don't worry. I got a cup of yeah, tea. Yeah, I mean, still. it's not, it's not 2am there. So, all right. So I'm going to hit the outro <laughs> button and I need to to hit the head so thank you folks let me just see if anyone sent a dono today i know ormando did he's such a gentleman uh but everyone else uh I don't know. oh more 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 damn beans i'm gonna put uh some links on rsv papers in the uh live stream chat so just so a so, second some someone donated uh 50 thank you thank you thank you very much you are not zidu today thank you all right, let me just hit the outro. It takes about two minutes to <laughs> run, and uh, I will um, I'll come back and have a quick word with you, bro. Bro, you don't know how angry I am. You do, I'm like, I was just leaving for fucking work. You do not understand how fucking pissed off. After reading that little line, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. Fuck these papers! I will fucking kill each fucking kappa, I swear! This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually saying. Fuck these kappas. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never! I will fucking die! Fucking fighting for my fucking... Please and my fucking forefathers 